1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy.
2: on today's show, we'll be reviewing nights 5 through 10 of the New Japan Cup, answering your questions and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suitbox Podcast Network or to Keeping It Strong Style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving us a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at SocialSuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, pro wrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for njpwworld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, Custom and share playlists Synchronized viewing parties And much, much more It takes NJPW world to the next level Visit NJPWEXT.us today for details Young boy, how you doing, man?
0: I am trying to make it all work, man (laughs) Trying to make it all work Um, You know what I went out and did this week?
2: What did you do this week?
0: I kicked it back to... 2001 middle school style and I bought myself a planner (laughs) wow (laughs) because I literally cannot keep up with everything that's going on between work extracurriculars you know uh, advancements in my career so study time you know self-education plus wrestling plus actually doing wrestling plus New Japan and having a girlfriend. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It just keeps going on and on. It's impossible. So I'm literally having to, like, make some uh, tough decisions every day and, like, just jot it all down and then do it.
2: Yeah, man. Dude, adulting sucks. (laughs) You know,
0: oh, bro, you know what? Only old people say adulting. Do you know that that's one of those things that, like, we say, like, millennials, but, like, Gen Zers don't say?
2: No, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning There's stuff that, like...
2: And I know, apparently, like, the, the the laugh emoji with the tears, that's, like, a no-go. You don't do oh, that.
0: yeah, that's... You're fucking lame if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they send, like, the, the skull and crossbones. Yeah, skull and crossbones. I'm dead
2: from laughing <laughs> yeah, kind dead. of Yeah,
0: dead. Or, like, uh, y- you can send, like, the cry face. See that's one I don't like. People send the cry face emoji to let everybody know like that they're so they're so they're laughing so hard that like they're over emotional about it, you know, but or like they're shook or whatever, but like I I don't give a fuck. I send the <laughs> I send the, the cry laugh <laughs> emojis. I send them like I send both versions back to back to back ba 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 ba. I just hit them like I'm fucking Kent like ba ba I don't give a fuck.
2: Oh man. You yeah, know, yeah, you know. adulting
0: is like one of those things like only old people say now.
2: Oh, we're, we're getting up there, bro. We're fucking
0: yeah. I saw this thing today. It was like when you're 32 and you're trying to figure out how you've been alive for five <laughs> in five different decades. <laughs> and then I thought about it. I was like 80s, 90s, 2000s, 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 2000s. Holy crap! I've been alive in five different decades. What's going on?
2: It's crazy, man. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, speaking of, of your life and adulting, uh, we had an interesting question here from Kyle Martin he says, honestly, I've been wondering this for a long while now The first episode of yours I caught, Jeremy, you said something like Young boy, how you doing? And then Josh briefly brings up the opening minutes that he was getting sued I think it's been like two years since then So do you mind if I ask, what happened now?
0: Oh, man, (laughs) was that in the first episode that he caught or the first episode we ever did? That he caught Oh, yeah, so, okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. Um so here's what happened. Um when I was young, I purchased a vehicle that I thought I could afford and then life took a drastic turn and I was not able to afford that vehicle. It got repossessed and then, you know, collection people start hitting me up but like bro, I to this day, like I've got an okay credit score now because I make payments on stuff. But I've never used credit. I've never used credit in my entire life. Um And like, I don't, I don't have credit cards, but I've got, I've got a decent credit score. But like, um, I I say that to say this, I don't give a fuck about credit. So like when they would threaten (laughs) me and be like, this will go on your record for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not paying. You took my car. I'm not paying for the car after you took the car. Like you took it. We're square.
2: (laughs) You got it back, man. We're we're good. We're good. We're
0: good. You got it back. And bro, that was years ago and then like so I, I talked to a lawyer they're like yo after seven years you're scot free so I was like oh nice and then um, it never showed up I'm, here's the crazy thing like collectors did call for a while and I kept telling them like fuck off and then eventually like they stopped and then I did like some hard inquiries like uh, to, to do the job that I do now in, in like securities and financial aspects they do a, a deep dive into your like history they never found it it's not on my financial record at all so i thought i was square i was like yeah th- this thing went away and then one day i'm at work and all of a sudden i find out like a lot of my fucking uh <laughs> paycheck is getting confiscated <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I wages like, garnished yeah my wages and here's the thing like i used to travel and do sales and i've lived in like 15 or 20 different places. Plus like I kind of live off the radar anyway. So it's hard to like find me. So like basically the collection agencies like sold my debt to like a law firm that specializes in like these types of cases. And then they tried to, and then they were looking for me. They finally, they finally found one of my last residences from like 2016 in like New Jersey. And they filed a suit against me in New Jersey but I didn't live there, so I never got served, so I never knew about it. So I didn't show up, and then I found out that I lost a legal case where I was getting sued for the remainder of the vehicle, and then I had to pay that shit back. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. God. That's, it was bad, but it's gone now. Um, so I'm just trying not to get into much more medical debt. Mm. Well, I got I, I got some medical debt from, like, remember that time after Mania in New York?
2: Oh yeah, well you got really
0: sick Yeah, I got sick, I had to go to the hospital
2: Well, you know, hopefully uh, no concussions Or, you know, no injuries from wrestling
0: Well, I got a match coming up at the March, the last Sunday of March So Gonna beat somebody's ass (laughs) Maybe
2: Well, uh, Kyle, thanks for bringing that, that story back yeah, up. Yeah,
0: thanks for, thanks for uh, putting <laughs> me in the good mood to do this show. I really really appreciate it, Kyle.
2: That's some uh, long-term story there for your God. listeners. I'm sure a lot of listeners like Kyle have been wondering what happened there. And so, you know, <laughs> two, two years later, you get the conclusion of, of what happened when the young boy got sued.
0: Basically, I did a job. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what happened. <laughs>
2: All right, well, let's, let's start talking about uh, New Japan here. Uh, open up with a question here from Dom Hui 101 Thoughts on the New Japan Cup so far? So, first round's done, second round's done. We had the uh, first two quarterfinals today. What's been your overall thoughts on this year's tournament so far?
0: Um, I think it's been a real mixed bag. I think a lot of the concerns we had going into this have been founded at this point. Um, I think that... I mean it's not rocket science some of these things are very obvious like they're running a a plethora of shows and it's really hard to keep up with this many shows um so you know it's fine if you're like we're we're basically some cherry-picking motherfuckers right now (laughs) we're literally just watching the tournament matches which is fine but like there is context that is occurring in these undercards and we're missing it so I feel like I don't even, this is like one of the least qualified shows I've ever felt like we were doing where it's like we watched all the tournament matches. We know the stories, but like kind of not because I don't know what Tai Chi is doing. And I don't right. know, what, you know, I don't know what Nagata is doing. Like it's weird. So, um, and the clap crowds and running like Corkin so many times and all these smaller venues that are not like really hot. So it doesn't have that big fight feel for this tournament.
2: Yeah, that's the one thing that really hurts. Like you know, the matches like it's, it's popping off. You know, the, people are slapping each other, they're chopping each other. We, we get some some strong lariats, but you know, you just don't get that that roar of the crowd or the, the girls kind of screaming. just you don't you don't feel that energy, and so it kind of it's hard to really get into the matches sometimes.
0: Yeah, you know, this White tied Belgian white beer that is literally a, 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 a literally a ripoff of Blue Moon. It even has like the same logo of colors. Got it at Aldi. It's, not, it's pretty close. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's
2: pretty, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I read on Beer Advocate that like it was like rated decent. It was like mid. So I was like, oh, I'll try it. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um, w- uh, one other thing. Um, just the actual quality of the matches has been super inconsistent. Like you have some really great matches. And then you have some average matches, pretty good. And then you got some bad matches. And they're from the usual offenders. We'll get into it, but, you know, your Evils, your Janos, those guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's uh, it, it's been, no one feels hot to me. That's the one, except for maybe Shingo. Yeah,
2: I think Shingo. Shingo's especially. the only
0: guy that feels hot.
2: You know, coming off the Okada match, the Goto match And then the Kenta match today Like he's been very consistent All three matches I would say above Four star, four stars or above So I think he's feeling hot um,
0: it, It's not just the quality of the matches Because like for instance Will Ospreay is having quality matches And some other guys are too But it's it, It's also just like the momentum Like he's main eventing the matches right, He's yeah. closing out the shows He's, he's winning the decisively promos. Yeah, yeah. He just he feels like he's kind of on fire right now. Um, I didn't pick him to win this thing, although I, I he was like a close second.
2: I mean, I I knocked him out in the first round. <laughs> yeah,
0: Jay kind of feels hot too. I could see them doing him and Jay as the final.
2: Yeah, they could. Um, yeah. so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, overall, I've I've enjoyed the tournament overall. Um, I think. Overall match quality has been pretty good, like you mentioned. There are some, you know, some lows there. We'll talk about some of the ones that happened these past few nights with, you know, the, the normal victims like you mentioned, like Yano. Um, but overall, we've been getting a lot of matches that have been in that three and a half to three point seven five, and then some that are going to that four star range, four and a half range. Obviously, we'll talk about Osprey and Saber, phenomenal matchup there. And so there's there's been a lot of, you know, very high stuff, some stuff in the middle, and some very low stuff.
0: I will say this: since we've been covering this show, in my opinion, this is the weakest New Japan Cup we've had so far. Mm. Even with some good matches, um, I I don't think this holds. And granted, it makes sense. Why? You know, look at the schedule, look at the venues, look at look at some of the seedings, and it, it's it's no surprise. Like um, it, it's not even. I, I think last year's tournament that was also what in front of there was no crowd,
2: right? Yeah, the majority of the tournament was, yeah, empty arena.
0: Yeah, and I felt like that was a better tournament uh, than this one, even mm. if this one has peaked a little bit higher.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not disappointed with this tournament, um, but I do agree with you that it, you know that definitely we, we've reviewed better tournaments over the years. But overall, I mean, I've, I've been satisfied.
0: The, but for the New Japan Cup, this is my – the only other New Japan Cup technically that I would say is worse than this was like the USA one on Strong. Right. Uh, since we've been doing this show I think this Every other New Japan Cup that we've covered Has been you know way better than this
2: Yeah So we're going to go over what's happened since the last time We recorded of course If you're in our New Japan Cup Pick'em you can check your rankings out com Slash kiss Do you know how you're doing? Um, I didn't check my ranking today, but I, I'm doing pretty bad. You know, I had uh Shingo knocked out in the, the first round uh to Okada, so that hurt me a lot. Uh, but you know I, I have been doing good. The right side of the bracket, I, I did pretty good on. Um let's see pull the rankings up here. That's sportprocessum.com slash kiss. Of course, Chris Samsa is uh number one um in the bracket there. So really yeah. Hmm. Um let's see here.
0: I'm um I'm not doing so so bad. I uh I, I got the top left bracket wrong entirely, but I got all the other ones like virtually one hundred percent. So you
2: you are uh number you're ranked thirty-four. That's not bad. And I am ranked thirty-nine. Oh. I have one less point than you. God. <laughs> uh so yeah, you can check out your rankings borderperson dot com slash kiss to see how you're doing in the the Pickums, But I'm gonna pass you Because I
0: I, Like I've got the rest Of this shit locked down And you've mm-hmm. got you, you got like A whole half of the tournament Like dead to you
2: Yeah And you know Some familiar names In the top 10 Like some Chris Samsa Undoubtedly Dean Our boy in the UK uh, Why did you do that bro Who won um You won last
0: year Or the G1 right You won the
2: G1 Pickum. So yeah, excited to see how you guys are doing in the tournament. So yeah, keep your tabs on that. Of course, we'll follow up with all the winners uh, come at the, this weekend because the finals are on Sunday.
0: Well, like we said, we um, have literally only been watching the um, the tournament matches. I I at one point I was watching all the I was scrolling through the undercards. <laughs> And that way I'd kind of get a gist of what was going on And then also uh, watching the post-match promos And I did that for most of the shows But like it got to the point at the end of this week Like I couldn't do that So yeah, I'm literally I, just watching the matches I
2: did watch all the other cards I think it was either the Saturday or Sunday show um, And then I, I tried catching up on some of the promos Before we started recording here So we'll work our th- way through this So let's we'll start off March 10th We had the conclusion of the uh, first round of the tournament uh, on the undercard opened up with Bullet Club, Badlock, Fale, Dick Togo, Evil, and Kenta defeating Tanahashi, Juice, Toriano, and Yunyamura. Then we had United Empire, Great O'Connor, Jeff Cobble, Osprey defeating New Japan Dads, Kojima, Hanuma, and Nagata. Then we had the LIJ team of Bushi, Zanata, Shingo, and Naito defeating the Chaos team of Goto, Okada, Sho, and Tomohiro Ishii. And then our first tournament matchup of the evening was David Finley, accompanied by Juice Robinson, defeating the Texas Heavyweight Champion, the Crown Jewel Chase Owens.
0: Uh, you know this uh this was a match that we saw last year in the New Japan Cup uh, USA tournament. Um, I would say this was probably probably better than it, but I wouldn't like rate it much higher. Um, I I thought it was fine. It was totally serviceable, non egregious. You know, probably like a three, three and a quarter star affair, something like that. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't much that I was really invested in here. Um, uh, like we both assumed Dave Finley picked up the big win. Um, they did do a promo backstage where, uh, (laughs) Dave Finley said that you know Chase Owens has the Texas Heavyweight title, but like he he doesn't feel that he's capable of uh, challenging him for that belt because you can only win it in Texas. Mm. And because they got rid of the mask mandate, he doesn't plan on going there anytime soon. So he's like, you can keep that title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take this win and continue on in the New Japan Cup.
2: Yeah, this this was a, a fine little matchup here. Um, you know, story of the match. Um, Chase is working over Finley's back. There was like a crazy back record he did where he pulled Finley off the top of the rope and landed on his knee. But, yeah, he was kind of targeting the back majority of the matchup there until coming on to the end where he's looking for the the package pile driver that Finley reversed into Arana to uh, kind of steal the win there and get the win over Chase.
0: Yeah, it did look like Chase was uh, getting ready to kind of seal things up there at the end. He was sort of firmly in control. And then, you know, surprise roll-up out of nowhere, Dave Finley, which I, I thought Dave was going to win, but... Uh, I didn't think I thought he was going to win a little more decisive. Right,
2: his his stunner or the uh, sliced bread.
0: But this was fine. Yeah. Uh, the next match of the night, we had uh, the loose explosion. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Okay, to answer that question from the other week, someone explained to us that uh, Yoshihashi used to have the term "loose explosion" on the back of his tights, and then he showed it to me, and I was like, I've definitely seen these matches. I don't recall. This at all, but if, if 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 you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know I, I up until like the tail end of last year, I didn't like Yoshiyashi. Right. So <laughs> like he's never really been high on the radar for me. Yeah, like, I think
2: Loose Explosion was before I started really kind of Focusing I was probably watching like just main events at the time. He was probably rocking rock, rock, rock Lose Loose Explosion stuff.
0: Like. I looked at the matches that they showed me and the pictures and I was like I saw all these but like I don't I don't know why I don't remember it I just don't it's so funny, but uh, yoshihashi against you jiro takahashi and uh, man Story of two careers going in totally
1: different paths right
2: now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. You know you actually a 2 and 0 in their past uh, singles outing here. So you know, Yoshihashi was looking for not only to advance, but, you know, kind of gets a big win here over somebody he hasn't been able to beat in the past in Yujiro uh, Takahashi.
0: Well, I was figuring, um, my whole thinking was Dave Finley goes on. He's the baby face. Mm-hmm. You, you put Yujiro through because what does it really matter? You know, Yujiro is more of a singles competitor than Yoshihashi is to some degree. And um, but I was wrong, you know. Um, It looks like they've been heating up Yoshihashi uh, ever since last year, Um, and you know they always give him something, right? But you know they've really been uh, giving him uh, a lot more focus since he seemed to be sort of revitalized, uh, reinvigorated, and you know putting in great performances. And um, I thought this match. I didn't. I didn't like it as much as the match prior, but it, it was fine.
2: <laughs> again, right? It's again a decent little matchup here. Your your gentlemen's three. It was. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't blow away.
0: This crowd on this night was terrible. They were dead. Yeah, it was dead. This was actually one of the worst nights of the tournament, especially since it was like three three matches back to back to back that I just wasn't mm-hmm. really impressed with, and I a couple of them I wanted to be.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yoshihashi, he gets to win here with the Karma. It's a Karma on Yujiro. Beats the guy he hasn't been able to beat before and advances on into the tournament. Then we move on to the main event of the evening here. We had Switchblade, Jay White, defeating Toa Hanare 24 minutes and 46 seconds.
0: So this was a match where, you know, Toa Hanare, he's a guy that, We've been waiting for them to sort of I, – I, I don't even want to use the term pull the trigger because it has too much, like, a connotation that, like, they're going to really just soar with him or, like, skyrocket him. And that's not really what I think even on this show we've been asking for. It's more like utilize him. Find some sort of utility role right. where this guy can can be utilized. Uh, every time I see him in multi-mans, I think he looks great. I, he's improved
2: his physique. He's extended. I mean, he went to Thailand to, to learn Muay Thai.
0: Yeah, and I think he integrates uh, some of the, those Muay Thai maneuvers a lot better than maybe, say, other individuals who I who have similar backgrounds. And, um, you know, he works hard. He's turned down other opportunities in the past. He's stuck around. He even cut a promo at the end of this match talking about this. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but Manager just doesn't seem to have faith in the guy. And...
2: Yeah, he he's been just just stagnant. Yeah, treading water. Yeah. I mean, you know, he graduated from being a young lion, got it you know, got his gimmick, and he's just kind of been in the same spot and it's like why? Like this guy can go. We see him in the matches with guys like Ishii and and Shingo and some of these, you know, never guys, and he performs really well when he's given the chance. But for whatever reason they just don't have the plans to to elevate him any further than what he needs to be. And I feel like a guy of his age and his skill shit skill set should be a guy that they they try to elevate. I'm not saying he needs to right. know, challenge Kota Ibushi at the Courageous or anything, but right. you know, elevate him, you know, give him a never title, you know, well, give, give him a tag title. It's not even that, give him title shots. Right. Just use him. Like that's the thing. Have him win a, a big match. <laughs>
0: they don't even use the guy. Right. You know? Um so that's the crazy thing about it. And obviously we were not expecting him to beat Jay White. That would have been probably ludicrous. Right. But what I was hoping, because this was a main event, and because the, uh, I thought he'd shown a lot of fire, speaking of Toa Hanare in the lead-up to this match, I thought that they'd kind of give him more in the match, but um, I thought Jay White did the best he could, but this was really a dominant match. Yeah, the way it, honestly, it, it felt
2: like a 24-minute squash match. It did. Um, I mean Like to, Jay was mocking him Through the whole match yeah. You know Tohanari was selling He was beating down And Jay was just Whooping on him He had Some some uh, You know Some misery shine A little comeback But Jay would immediately Just stomp him out and, A lot of cutoffs Yeah Cut him off all, all time And it was just like
0: And I mean yeah Like you mentioned Tohanari He got all of his Big spots And he got the spear he got the toe bottom. He got the big rugby tackle that he does. Mm-hmm. He got the big strikes. I mean, he looked good, but uh, it was just the match was too long and too dominated by Jay White. And then afterwards, it was like Jay was out to embarrass him. Um, Jay beat him, and then he demanded that none of the young boys put any
2: ice <laughs> on Right, him. yeah.
0: That they they give all the ice packs <laughs> to Jay. And he basically was like, if you put an ice pack on him, I'm coming out there and I'm coming after one of you three. And he was like, and like, he was talking to Gabe. He's like, Gabe, if you don't give me that ice pack, he was like, I'm coming out there. If I don't get you, I'm going to get one of them. And it's going to be your fault. (laughs) (laughs) So like Gabe gave him the ice pack. And then he's like, he's like, carry this bitch out. And I was like, damn, which like, that's great heel stuff. But like at this point with Toa, like I don't even know if he should stay in New Japan.
2: Right. I mean, they're doing nothing for him. I feel like that change of scenery would be good for him.
0: Or or maybe he should go on one of these fabled excursions. He never got one. But, you know, this wouldn't be the f- first time we've ever, you know, recommended that they do that. Right. We've been saying this for years now.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things that like he graduated and he just kind of really, almost really never left Young Lion status. I mean, he beats the other Young Lions, but he's he showed like, up
0: in the Rambo with the gear.
2: Right. He doesn't really beat anybody else besides Young Lions. Yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a de facto like captain of the young lions <laughs> at this point
0: now, I uh, At this point th- he's getting passed by mm. the lions Yeah And that was something that um we've said would happen in the past And, and not just us I think a lot of voices have kind of said that same thing So and, and we're seeing it come to pass for sure For sure for sure Yeah I mean I think if he if he fought Carl Fredericks right now Carl Fredericks beats him you know Yeah uh, He's not even like a, a main roster member
2: He might even lose to Narita
0: Oh, oh, for sure. So, and, yeah, so, I mean, this that's just where we're at.
2: Yeah. Uh, we had a question here from Viking Payne. Since JY keeps saying that he will split the titles if he wins, with the fans being upset and vocally against unification, what are the odds that this whole unification nonsense is actually just a storyline and not something being done for real?
0: I, I mean, anything's possible. I never thought that they'd be... Getting rid of the IWTV <laughs> title But I mean Doesn't that sound Unless like uh, And I know there's Conspiracy theorists Who think this But Unless you're trying to like Turn Ibushi And paint him as a villain And somehow make uh, Jay White the good guy But that doesn't seem what To be what they're doing at Honestly, all
2: I, I don't think Personally I don't think It's a storyline I think it's just Jay kind of being brilliant Like alright He's an English speaker So if anybody's gonna Check out promos They're probably gonna Check his promos out he reads Twitter, he know people they know that people are upset about the invocation. So I feel like he's kinda of spinning that and just kinda of working with what's going off out there to kind of, you know, have something interesting to say in the promo. It's a little bit different.
0: Do you think that what he's saying though is too truthful in the sense that like he's right? <laughs>
2: It might be, yeah, he's talking about, you know, wanting to save the legacy of Tanahashi, save the legacy of all former IC and heavyweight champions. But, you know,
0: he doesn't really care about that. He, he only cares about his he's own. He's really self-interested, but right. But what he's saying rings true completely. Very often, Jay White kind of um, treads on that sort of, like, line of, like, being being a heel who actually makes sense and, like, says things that, like, you kind of get behind. Um, and I think that that's sort of a situation here, but... um. I think it would be kind of stupid if they made all this big deal about them unifying the titles, you know, telling all these stories and then they, they don't pull the trigger. And I, I, trust me, I don't want them to do it. Right. I, I At this point, I wish that they would simply do it because they already said they're going to do it. We're at the point where it's like there's no going back. But just come out and say – that the IWGP lineage is going to continue, right? I mean, I don't have to. Show, I don't have to paint the examples because or explain them because I've already given them in the past. But we've seen this happen in many companies when titles are unified. That one title's lineage continues. Oh, you know what I hated? WWE used to do this thing where they would have title unifications. Mm-hmm. And then the shittier titles lineage Was the one that continued <laughs> They did it when they When they unified the women's And the divas title
2: They kept the divas They kept
0: the divas lineage Yeah And when they unified the um, They unified the Smackdown And the Raw tag team titles And the Raw one
2: Was went, the world lineage Went
0: back to like Tony Gurria And all these guys That was the world lineage And then they kept the one That started with like Benoit and Angle Or whoever won that shit
2: Right yeah In 2002 Two, Yeah
0: I'm Like why would you do that <laughs> <laughs> they, make, they don't um, make sense man
2: Yeah it doesn't make sense at all uh, Next question here from our user Saying 91 says I remember On a podcast a while back the young boy talked about how Jay sometimes Fucks off during a tour uh, Towards <laughs> the end of 2019 I don't know what your guys opinion on On his new Japan Pan Cup Matches have been so far But I was a little disappointed with the Hanare match As they built it up well but the match itself like it dragged on too long for what it was Trying to do put Hanare over
0: I, I, I don't know that they're trying to put Nari over, <laughs> first off.
2: Yeah. Also, Jay Tana was underwhelming, and the finish just seemed to come out of nowhere, although I guess that is why the Blade Runner is an effective finishing move. I guess what was underwhelming for me was knowing that they're both capable of a better match like they had in the past. For example, I love the match for Best of Super Junior Finals in 2019. So my question is, do you think Jay is saving himself for the bigger matches coming up, like the inevitable match for the inevitable title of Tana, or is he just fucking off as he realizes he can get a good crowd reaction without having to do too much during his current tour?
0: Well, um, just to be clear, those are the same thing. So him saving himself for bigger matches is him fucking off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what that's what he does, and a lot of wrestlers do this, you know. Right. Um, so I'm not like. Indicting him for it or whatever But that's that's just kind of what it is Um That that's my answer I guess to I I think you brought up a lot of Good points I don't remember them did they wrestle at Best super jeers 2019 is he thinking Of a different show I don't remember that
2: i mm, uh, I'm blanking on it Right now I could go back and look It doesn't yeah. seem worth it though right now yeah
0: But they've, they've definitely had I mean This might be the worst match they've Had in New Japan
2: uh, Jay and Tana yeah yeah probably Yeah, we'll get to that match here in a second, but yeah, I definitely think Jay is, you know, he's, I hate to say it, but he's wrestling smart, you know, he's not killing himself, you know, these are limited capacity crowds, some of them are dead, Um, he's still, you know, still getting, you know, his character over, he's still kind of getting heat, he's getting the crowds to, you know, clap along and stuff like that, and kind of stringing people along, so... He's getting over without having to break him, break himself down, or you know try and put on these amazing matches. Would I like him to put on amazing matches? Yes, but he's just preserving his body. There's a lot of shows.
0: I thought that that we'll talk about it, but I thought that match was passable. You know, it wasn't like a complete and total abandonment of what he's capable of or anything like that. And, yeah. uh, same thing with Tanahashi. Although I think I've got more criticism on Tanahashi for that match. Mm. But you know. Uh, as I've begun to wrestle, the thing I've learned is we think very often that these guys are like supermen. And, and in a lot of ways, they are. You know, they, they I mean, you have to be durable, well-trained, flexible, you know, uh, you know all those things. Have muscle, protect yourself, you know, um, have all that. But, bro, one bad bump could, like, I'm not saying, t- like, end your career, but, like, have you feeling like shit. To where, yeah. like, you can't move right the next day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen, but, you know, you tweak something, you, you hit a little muscle, that spasm comes up, ah, you know? You just don't, I mean, you never know. It happens um, all the time. So, right. I mean, that's another thing, too, is, like, we don't know what kind of condition the guys are always in. And, that you know, that that's a reason why we had, you know... Tie-dye pants Kenny and t-shirt, you know, Naito, Naito and Hoodie Goto, and all these, <laughs> you know, these guys that come out there and they, they give half effort on the smaller shows because to wrestle the high octane physical style that New Japan does, I mean, it really does take a lot out of, I mean, I, I could only imagine <laughs> what it takes out of those guys to go out there 30, 40 minutes and do the shit that they do. I mean, I see them do stuff and I'm like, holy fuck.
2: Yeah, especially, you know, during G1 season.
0: Yeah bro Yeah So it's crazy
2: Uh, So that concludes the first round We had some questions here From Rainbow and Slam Pig About the the ending of the first round up here So first he says Whose performance surprised you the most In the first round
0: Oh man Uh, Let me go back and look And try to remember Who I was uh, the most surprised or impressed with Um, Hanma Mm. Easily um, I mean there were some there's some other good answers I think Gabe Kidd would be another one Although I, I wasn't that surprised I mean I think we kind of Saw the potential that was there with Gabe Kidd And he sort of met those expectations But to see Hanma go out there And have the type of match he did Given the condition he's in That was pretty surprising to me
2: Yeah I have to agree If you have to go with Hanma You know you see Hanma come out there You don't expect much from him And he went out there and had A really good match with Suzuki Fucking banger. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, near, you know, four stars. I know saw saw some people going four stars on it. Um, it was really, really good matchup there. So, yeah, I'd have to go Hanma as well.
0: Um, his next question, which first-round elimination busted your brackets the worst? Okada, Naito, or something else? And, I mean, it's real simple for me, and I think we have different answers. For me, it's Naito and Okan. Mm. Uh, that, that really fucked me because I, I had Naito in mind for the rest of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure for you, it's probably Okada and Shingo.
2: Yeah, it's Okada. I had Okada going over Shingo, um, and they, that just, that busted my bracket right there.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. And then uh, his last question, what was your favorite first-round match?
0: My favorite, and I, 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 I could even maybe argue it was the best, but it, it's probably not, at least by consensus. But my favorite first-round match was Zach Sabre and Gabe Kidd. Mm. I really enjoyed that match.
2: Uh, for me, my favorite first round match was Okada and Shingo. Just incredible uh, main event matchup there. Um, you know, great callbacks from the G1 match. And just Shingo just being so uh, you know resilient and re- refusing to you know fall to the money clip. Some con- great stuff there.
0: Nice. So let's move on to the start of the second round. We've got New Japan Cup action, March eleventh. Um, on that evening, the Chaos Tag Team of Ishii and Yoshihashi defeated Dave Finley and Yota Tsuji. Um The Bullet Club Team of Bad Luck Folly, Jado, Yujiro Takahashi defeated Satoshi Kojima, Honma, and Yuya Yamura. We had a question about this from King dw 510 He said, it seems that Folly is probably going to tr- uh, transition into a trainer position. Do you guys think New Japan is going to have Hikaleo Take his role of being the big guy that's not necessarily a great wrestler, but gets a lot of wins and upsets in tournaments?
2: I mean, I think that would be a good role for Hiko Leo. I mean, he might even surpass, you know, Balak Fale. He is in better shape. He is more athletic. He's younger. So, whenever they do decide to kind of bring him back over to Japan, start integrating him back um, in storylines over there, I could definitely see him being kind of a force to be reckoned with and a guy that is dominant.
0: Uh, I hadn't thought of that, but I, I could see that being a realistic possibility. We've been on the, uh, Hikaleo train since like day one. So yeah. Uh, continuing on the chaos tag team of Goto, Okada and show, uh, teaming up with Eugene Nagata, they defeated LIJ team of Bushi, Sonata, Shingo and Naito. And then the fourth match of the night, Tanahashi, Juice and Hanari defeated the Bullet Club team of Chase Owens, Jay White and Kenta with Ghetto. Um, so that's going to bring us to the semi-main event of the evening um, as Toru Yano defeats the Great Okan. 13 minutes. <laughs> Jeremy, 13 minutes and 2 seconds.
2: Yeah, I, I got to say I am a little bit disappointed in the result of this matchup here with the Great Okan coming off such a you know big win, knocking off Naito. In the first round, this was that was a big monumental win for him, especially you know after losing a couple of big matches, you know losing to Tanahashi twice, um, losing to Okada, you know he, he had lost a lot of his big singles matches, and so to to knock out Naito, I thought that did a great you know thing for his for him and his character and just kind of direction that they were going with him, and then for him to you know drop the ball here to Yano, and I get it, I know. Yano is the one guy that can beat everybody. Yano has beaten Tanahashi Okada. He's beaten the big stars before. But I feel like they needed more time to establish Okan before he you know, slips up the banana peel and loses to uh, Toriyano. I think it was kind of a little bit of a reverse work of what they did uh, with the win over Naito.
0: Yeah, uh, man. This was one of those things where... We had spoken about this previously on the show And uh I, th- I think during the preview We talked with Chris about this possibly I'm trying, I don't know, it's been a few weeks now But I think my thinking at the time had been Okan only really needed to beat Naito That was going to be his big glory moment mm-hmm. And that kind of made him, right? Right And so my thinking after that was it didn't matter if he lost afterwards because he already beat a big star Naito and kind of had like a a made, you know, program or at least, you know, uh, down the road, something to kind of cling to. But uh, I wasn't betting on the fact that Yano would be the guy he he lost to. Right. Now, you could chalk it up to. It's not the most damaging thing in the world, but this is essentially what I would... I agree with the point you made. I think it's basically 50-50 booking, in a sense, where you give the guy a big, big win, and then you give him an inconsequential loss, but it deflates all the air out of his balloon almost immediately. I'm not saying he needed to go on this big, dominant win, but... um, Give him something. Give him a little run. Here's the big problem. At 13 minutes and 2 seconds, this match... Way overstate its welcome, and because it lasted so long, there wasn't even necessarily that sense of plausible
2: deniability. Like, oh, this he, he rolled him up in thirty seconds or whatever.
0: Right, and that would that might have been too too short. I right. mean, they they kind of put themselves in a tricky situation even booking this match to begin with. Right, you know?
2: and, and I think this is a finish too just made Ocon look stupid as well. Bro,
0: I don't even remember the finish. I'm, I, I watched the match. I'm trying to think back.
2: Like so, uh, I
0: remember all the tape spots and everything. Um also what the fuck's up with uh Great O'Con carrying like a pair of scissors <laughs> in his fucking like that's my move. That's <laughs> when I'm at, when I'm out like running out on the streets town and country. <laughs> carry scissors in my shorts.
2: Well yeah, so the scissors came into the finish here so Yano had um, got his his ponytail tied up in the guardrail.
0: Oh, I remember he, now. He, yeah, he now, a, now Now it's coming back to me, yeah, I remember He gets the
2: scissors, he cuts his braid Runs back in, he's about to stab Yano with the scissors Yano ducks, mule kicks Okan Spares him in the back And gets a roll up for the win
0: Like, I think that the thinking here was This was a protection move
2: mm-hmm. Because
0: like you said, he slipped on a banana peel And, and then, womp, 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 lost but they did it so soon after a big win, and not just the fact that, like, if he'd had, if he'd beaten Tanahashi and then Naito, and then had this little slip up, no big deal, right? But what it makes it feel like, it makes it feel like the Naito win was the anomaly, and all these other losses that he's accrued are what's regular,
2: right? Like the Naito win was a fluke,
0: yeah. that's the fluke, yeah. This doesn't feel like the fluke, even though sh- even though that's what they were aiming for, right long term no one's going to really remember this but also is anyone going to remember the naito win i i don't know how much i mean they're going to have to they got their work cut out for them and like that's not the whole point of what they're trying to do the point was to uh, get him over and elevate him and instead this is why i called it 50-50 because with 50-50 booking nobody gets over and it's like right. it's almost like a stalemate he, he kind of he, he's like, at, he's right where he was right yeah even though he's not supposed to be he beat naito this should be a big deal but then he got beat by Yano. In a dumb way, yeah. I know logically it should be like this was a fluke and he's fine. And I think that's what they're going for. But it didn't feel that way when it was done. Right.
2: Dumb. I mean, it the, felt stupid. The previous booking is what's, what's hurt this match. Like, if had he had beaten Tanahashi, had he beaten Okada, had he won some of these big singles matches that he had, but all right, they've given him a lot. It's, you know, it's okay. One slip up, but. He's lost in every big match except the Naito match, and then now he's losing again. So it's like I, I know a lot of long ter- term uh, New Japan
0: fans are probably like, "But it's Yano. He could be anybody. He's the master thief." Blah, right. blah blah. And I get that, and that's true, but they shouldn't have done that to Okan right now. He wasn't ready for it. He wasn't. He ready. wasn't ready. <laughs> 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 no. He wasn't ready for Ocon or for Yano. Yeah. Remember fucking Leo Rush got he, She wasn't ready for Asuka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, that was that. So, Yano advances to the, the quarterfinals. Um, and then the main event of the evening, we had Evil with Dick Togo. Defeating the hatchet Jeff Cobb 20 30 minutes 8 seconds
0: So off the air I pretty much I, I might have said this On the air last week I, I, I'm i losing track of my days But uh Off the air You and I were talking about it And I was like You know I keep saying On the show When Evil's matched up With like a new opponent Or someone that's promising I'm always like That could be good You know And this is coming from a guy That's never liked Evil Since the day I started Like You know Seeing him basically mm-hmm. Um But every now and again, I know that he's capable, in the right circumstance, with the right opponent, of pulling off something that is plausibly passable, you know? Right. But I keep forgetting that, like, I sometimes judge evil off the old evil metrics, and not on the new... Bullet Club version with the <laughs> Bullet Club shenanigans <laughs> and the Gato shit. And I, I should stop clinging to the idea that at some point he might just on one night decide to kind of like switch it up and deviate from the formula that they've cultivated. Mm-hmm. Because maybe like a year or two ago, if this was a G1 match in the middle on like night 11...
2: This could have been a little little banger.
0: Yeah, evil Cobb could have been a little banger. I'm not saying like anything crazy, but you it, know, maybe three and a through, half, yeah, three and three, three quarters. quarters yeah. Nice little match. This was not that shit at <laughs> all. The only person I was in in I was I was impressed with Cobb. Cobb did some cool ass shit in this match, but other than that, this match sucked. Yeah. Oh, before we get to this, one thing I want to say. Dave bearing the fuck out of Yano Okan. Now, granted, Okan and Yano sucked. 13 minutes way too long Way too long They could have wrapped that up In like What five Six seven minutes Yeah Would have been fine But he He went on the air And was like This is a worst match Of the year contender Like Like the fiend Ain't out here (laughs) Having these garbage (laughs) matches, bro. Why does he hate Okan so much?
2: I don't know. He buried the Okan Naito match. He gave it like what two and a half or two and three quarters, something like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, What's his face doesn't like Brian. Brian doesn't like him either.
2: Yeah, they both hate Okan.
0: Which is like I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. I don't know. Maybe like this is one of those things where like we are the New Japan Truthers.
2: Mm, We are the uh, NJPW Defense Squad.
0: Yeah, we're, we're the uh, Bushi defense squad, Bushi road defense squad. um, Because the other like voices that are, you know, pro voices out there, New Japan, you know, coverage, you know, individuals on Twitter and in this stratosphere, they, they all like O'Connor and so do we. But yeah, some of these more casual types that are covering it, they, they don't fuck with this guy. Yeah. But like... It's just too much. Like they're going too they're overdoing it because sure, I get why you might not like him, but don't pretend like this was the absolute worst garbage you've seen all year when WWE puts out the worst fucking shit. Right. <laughs> on a consistent, bro, this weekend Fastlane's going to fucking outdo like I I don't even really I heard a couple matches on there and I was like holy fuck. It's going to outdo Tenfold, what this match was. So, what? what is he talking about? He's given it too much hi- hyperbole, bro.
2: Yeah. Anyways, uh,
0: back to Evil and Cobb.
2: Yeah. So, this matchup, you know, the normal kind of evil tropes, you know, the stupid uh, baseball chair spot on the outside, which is why isn't that a DQ? I still don't know. Uh,
0: oh, well, actually, Kevin Kelly did a good job explaining this. He said, here's why. Because previously you could use a weapon in the crowd. Mm. And then you weren't allowed to necessarily use a weapon in the ring area on the outside. That was, like, kind of grounds for a DQ, although we see people break it all the time. Mm. But because they're not allowed to fight in the actual crowd because of COVID protocols, they've loosened their already very loose rules Mm. when it comes to, you know, interference and and weapon use on the outside of the ring. Mm. I don't know if that's, like, what... They have said, but like
2: that, that's, that's that's honestly the best explanation. That's that I, his I've explanation,
0: heard. Yeah. and I was like, okay, so I guess that's what they're doing.
2: But uh, well, like you mentioned, Cobb did some cool stuff. There was one uh, belly to belly where like he almost like evil almost dropped on his head. I was like, oh my gosh,
0: he did a really sick um, double body slam where he put uh, Dick Togo on his shoulders. Yes, double and, uh, then, uh, and then he Oklahoma got evil up there too and yeah. fucking power slam them. Um, that was sick. How about this? One thing I hate about this, okay, it's really cool that Dick Togo is probably making like major league money right now in the in the like later stages of his illustrious career. Mm-hmm. But all these people probably think Dick Togo sucks,
2: right? <laughs> all the new fans, all these
0: newer fans think Dick Togo's like lame as fuck. You know, it's like if you only saw Harley race when he was like managing like Lex Luger and you didn't see him, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties. Like, God. I wish people could—I wish they—and you know what? Dick Togo's still really good. He goes, like, in Michinoku Pro or wherever the fuck he's at and mm-hmm. and tears it up. But they got him here, like, you know, being a stooge. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I mean, get your money, man, but whatever. I don't
2: know. Yeah, and of course here we had a ref bump, which led into that spot you talked about where Cobb was able to uh, slam both guys there. Um, and then we had Yujiro Takahashi— Coming off of commentary to distract the referee, that helps evil to escape toward the islands. Hits a low blow and hits Cobb with the "everything is evil." One, two, three. He defeats Cobb.
0: This was a match that did bust my brackets. I, I, I only picked Cobb over Evil because there was no logic involved. It was more like wishful thinking, mm. and also like I wanted to be the smartest guy because I was like I was looking. For, like, when you're gambling, you look for value, you know, and I was like, mm. where, what, where's that value pick where if I pick it, no one else, it's, you know, no one else is picking it. That will set my bracket apart from everybody else's so I can win whatever it is we're giving to people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, this was one that fucked me. Like, I should have known, bro, evil fucked off. All-New Japan Cup last year, and he's fucking off all-New Japan Cup this yeah, year. Yeah, that's,
2: that's why I, ha- I had him in the Final Four. Yeah, well, you're probably right. So that's, that's where he's at now. He takes uh, he beats uh, Jeff Cobb here and bends on to the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah. So, March 13th, let's uh, get it going.
2: Yeah, so start off with the Chaos Team of Ishiyano Yano, Yoshihashi, defeating Dave Finley, Gabriel Kidd, and Suji. Then we had the United Empire defeating Zugi-Gun, Doki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr.
0: Now, I might be wrong here. I think that this is kind of where Doki's, or uh, no, I'm sorry, not Doki, Taichi's distaste and, like, ongoing, like, uh, anger towards the United Empire stemming from, because for the rest of the tour, from what I'm seeing online... Yeah,
2: he's burying them. Yeah, He's, he's fucking
0: burying them. He's, he's pissed.
2: Yeah, he's like your stupid little... Little faction, this is like they're so boring.
0: <laughs> I do love that guys have like the autonomy to kind of like go out there and just say whatever the fuck yeah. they want to say. Um, but yeah,
2: yeah he's, you call that a faction, yeah. He's just like burying the faction, burying the night empire backstage. Yep. Uh, so then we had uh, Lij, Bushi, Sonata, and Naito defeating Okada, Show, and Yuji Nagata. Then we had Bull Club with a Bad Luck Fale, Evil, and Jay White defeating Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Toa Hanare. Then the semi-main event, we had a first tournament match of the night, second round action here as Kenta defeated Minoru Suzuki, 16 minutes, 50 seconds.
0: First uh, singles match between these two in New Japan, second ever, the last time was 16 years ago in pro wrestling, NOAH. And, uh, you know, where Kenta and Suzuki are both at and their careers are quite different. I mean, Kenta was in the infancy stages of his career at the time. And Suzuki was like pretty much basically just returned to pro wrestling from his shoot fighting, uh, you know, career. So uh, quite a bit different at this point in 2021. But um, this was a match where a lot of interesting things happened. Kenta came out. He started the match reading a newspaper. Yeah, he
2: was reading the newspaper doing uh Suzuki's entrance.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I didn't really get the the whole reference to that. I watched this with English commentary. Kevin Kelly didn't seem to understand, but they were just like the the gall, the audacity, the brashness. <laughs> I think it's just
2: Kenta being disrespectful.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh Kenta did cut some pretty great promos uh in the backstage before this match. He kept talking about like How suzuki wasn't focused on him and like he needed to be like paying attention because ketsa was gonna be his ass And he's like, you know, the fans don't give a he's like the fans don't care about your socks
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, you know, because he wears those uh, instagram posts or whatever Yeah, he I
0: I don't know if he's paid by them. He wears stance socks Mm -hmm. Which actually I i've had one pair of stance socks and I loved them. So I get why he uh, (laughs) Stands for them. But uh, anyways, so he's like he's like yeah, anyway, so Kenta uh, and Suzuki, the match started. I thought it was a, a bit too slow for my pace or for my taste. Um, I think, I, I don't know who laid the match out, but this felt more of like a Kenta-style match mm-hmm. for the first half. Towards the second half, it really got heated up. The The thing towards the tail end of the match that stuck out the most for me, though, was Kenta and Suzuki. We're fucking slapping the shit out of each yeah. other. I mean hard as piss. Like, uh one thing I, I I I think it was Kevin Kelly recently, or no, I'm sorry, it was Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Dave was on his show singing the praises of Shingo as he should, and he was talking about how crisp his strikes are. And he said that he has the best sounding, looking and most effective elbow strikes in all of pro wrestling. Uh, that's not even close to true, bro. Nobody throws elbow strikes like Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Like it's (laughs) insane. Um, but him and Kenta, there was like one point where they were just like, they were both hitting each other so hard. I was like, bro, you can easily get a fucking concussion from hitting someone open, open face. I got slapped one time by, uh, I'll just say it. Mike Seidel fucking slapped me right in the face, (laughs) like hard. Um, I, th- I think he was meaning to slap me like in the neck which is like the safe spot but he slapped me right in the fucking face <laughs> and um i'd never been i've never been hit in pro wrestling like that before i mean i've like taken a grazing punch or whatever but like he fucking walt like molly walked me <laughs> <laughs> and um bro like there's so much force with an open hand it- it's a different kind of force but like remember uh at final battle, Zack Saber like gave uh, John John yeah. concussion. Yeah, like you can fuck somebody up with those slaps and like all this tournament. Like I'm glad Suzuki's out because like there was those pictures of him and Hanma and Hanma's whole face looked di- disfigured. Yeah, like, he's fucking laying into people. <laughs> he's sadistic man. There's a reason <laughs> they call him Murder Grandpa. Yeah, man. Um, and then right when the match was like heating up, they're hitting each other and it's going crazy. Kenta just picks Suzuki up gts is him one two three and it's over which was cool and it was fine but it felt a little sudden and not sudden in a way where it was like oh my god it came out of nowhere yeah I came yeah. out of nowhere it was just like oh that was it yeah um and it was a very similar finish to the one that suzuki and shingo used in their match during the finals of the uh g1 last year which wasn't that long ago so, it kind of reminded me of that. Overall, I thought it was a good match, but I, I thought it had some pacing issues.
2: Yeah, and I felt it's a little clunky to me. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they weren't kind of quite on the same page as far as maybe communication or maybe kind of how some things were laid out or how they worked together. Like you mentioned, only the second singles match um, in their career, and so maybe not the best chemistry.
0: Kenta was like, I'm calling this shit, brother. <laughs> and Suzuki's like,
2: Fuck you! I'm calling this. So like, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, let's
0: just slap each other. All right,
2: <laughs> we'll call it in the ring. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good match. But I think this is one of these matches that was really hyped up. You know, people were really excited to see Kenta Kenta and Suzuki, and I think we're expecting a little bit more. And like you mentioned, it definitely had that Kenta kind of slow pace, a lot of powdering at the beginning. Um, and then Suzuki kind of was kind of almost a de facto babyface in this match where he got c- kind of cut off a lot and did a lot of selling until they got to the, s- the slap fest, um, portion of the match.
0: Yeah, I man, I'm not going to complain too much, but I'm not going to overpraise the match. There were some things I liked, some things I didn't like, but, uh, I was glad, uh, ultimately I'm glad Kenta continued on. Um, you know, I, I saw some people that wanted Suzuki and Shingo again, but we just got three of those last year. Right. And, um, I could be wrong, but I've never seen. I Up until this week, I'd never seen Kenta and Shingo in singles action. I don't know if they've ever fought out. Like, I doubt they have, just based on, you know, Kenta never went to. Like, I think he went to Dragon Gate like once and hated it. Mm. So I, I don't think they've wrestled before this week.
2: Yeah, his promos on Shingo have been hilarious too. I haven't seen any of his promos on Shingo. What has he been saying? He's like. He's talking about how much he hates Shingo He's like why is he calling himself a dragon <laughs> He's like that would be like if my name was Jack Russell and I called myself a cat He's like it makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> That's funny Yeah he's just burying Shingo uh, Okay Yeah so
0: they have had Three matches um, One prior match In Dragon Gate in 2008 It was Kent, but they This was the first singles match between Kenta and And Shingo, so it was, uh, the the first time they wrestled, though, 2008, was Kenta and Taiji Ishimori against, uh, BB Hulk and Shingo Takagi, New Hazard, Mm. for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles, so, um, yeah, and I think that that's the time where Kenta went there and, like, buried the promotion or whatever, because he didn't, like, you know, being, he didn't want to be in a minor league company
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Speaking of Shingo, let's talk about this main event here on March thirteenth. We had Shingo Takagi defeating Hiroki Goto, twenty-three minutes fifty-one seconds. I really enjoyed this match up here. Uh, there's just a lot of like urgency uh, in this match. Even from the from the beginning of the match, they're doing sh- shoulder tackles, elbow exchanges. They're they're teasing the finishes right at the beginning of the match here. And you just feel like this was an important match for both guys, especially Goto. You know, kind of being kind of relegated in the, the tag division, and really hasn't had a really big singles moment in a while. And you kind of got that desperation from him, like he really wanted to beat this match. This was their fourth uh, singles match between both these guys. Um, with Shingo uh, winning the the last time they wrestled, I think Shingo's probably. I think won majority of the matches that I don't had. know if
0: Goto's ever beat Shingo. I don't think he has.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, I think Shingo's won them all. Uh, And so, yeah, just the the urgency that Goto was showing here. And these guys were were throwing bombs, throwing uh, big moves. Uh, Shingo showing the ultimate disrespect using an elevated GTR at one point to try try and get a win here.
0: Yeah, I I thought this match was good. Very, very good. I thought it was uh, borderline great. Uh, I think Shingo and Goto, they have a lot of chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know, people kind of forget about Goto. Uh, You kind of gave one of your recommended match of the week last week and involved a big, you know, uh, match from his past. And, you know, I think more modern fans are not totally aware of, like, the whole history of Goto. Right. When it comes to New Japan. But, uh, you know, he's one of those guys where, like, he's kind of treading water and then they put him in a big spot when he's needed to be. And he knocks it out of the park more often than not. And that's kind of what we got here. Uh, I thought it played very well off the previous, you know, never matches that these two have had. And um, I thought it was very exciting. Yeah, the crowd seemed to be very into it. This was a better, you know, these two matches back-to-back were very good. And, um, you know, every time Shingo fucking... I think of anybody that I've ever seen in New Japan, nobody takes the pumping bomber as well from Shingo as Goto does.
2: Right, yeah, every time he just... Does an amazing job selling. Of course, the, the most the best one was that one G one match where he just flipped inside out. Uh, so yeah, made Shingo look like a monster here. And like I mentioned, Shingo had that that elevated GTR which led into the pumping bomber. Then the last of the dragon drills. Goto one, two, three. Shingo advances. This match was very hard hitting. A lot of big moves. A lot of big uh, suplexes. Uh, striking. Great matchup here.
0: Now I don't know. That Shingo's gonna win this tournament. I imagine he's going to the finals. But it kind of has similar vibes to other winners: Shibata, Zack Saber, Naito, guys that are like building up this like momentum throughout the tournament where like you if you're paying attention, you can kind of see it coming. Right. Um, I don't think he's the only one, but like they're doing a really good job with him, and it almost feels like if he doesn't win. It might be a little bit of a disappointment at this point mm. You know right. um, I kind of thought it was a little too On the nose Given how everyone was banking on the idea That like the, There's a story with Ibushi running through LIJ And the teases of the match Between the two of them on previous tours I was like uh, You know that seems a little too obvious But sometimes that's what New Japan does Sometimes they give us the obvious stuff And if that's where they're going They're doing a good job of it
2: Right uh, Question here from Viking Payne Shingo isn't the new Ishii or Suzuki He's the new Shibata Meaning barring a catastrophic injury He's going to be right up there with the big four And be a big time player going forward They have a chance to really Cement him as a new main event Star like what they did with Shibata If Shingo wins it all Osprey is fantastic and a once In a generation talent but Shingo Is really hot right now in my opinion The wrestler of the year so far So he should win Thoughts
0: Um I think those are some great You know um insights Uh I I don't know if I think he's the new Shibata I think he's the first Shingo (laughs) Mm. You know I I don't think that there's been anybody like him in this company Necessarily I mean Uh We've kind of talked about how Hesitant the company is to go With outsiders Um for whatever reason, I mean, especially nationalistic outsiders, you know, this right. is a guy that had his whole career made in, in um, Dragon Gate. But with that being said, his talent is undeniable. And so they are having to to utilize him and push him because his talent speaks for himself. Uh, why that doesn't work for Yushi, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, but I, I do see the correlation here that Viking campaign trying to I see something, yeah. Yeah, you know, Shibata was mainly a never guy, um, you know, had those the hard-hitting never-matches, never, never title matches, and then that New Japan Cup happened, had that match with Okada at Sakura Genesis, kind of, you know, that was that big kind of finding moment for him.
0: But, you know, I don't agree with that whole narrative. Hmm. The narrative that lives in a lot of fans' minds that after that match, shibata was going to be made and it was going to be his year and he was going to be a future IWGP champion and he was going to be a big four guy i don't think that was ever going to happen Hmm. (laughs) i really don't because look at who was a look who was around at the same time kenny omega tanahashi
2: naito Naito,
0: okada they were never going to put shibata in in the spots that they put those guys, it wasn't going to fucking happen. Right. I'm not, I'm a, Oh no, I'm, this is an offshoot. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I do think that they were elevating him from the lower mid never area. Mm -hmm. And I think that they were going to keep him around as like, IC level possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I I think he was going to be around as a guy that they used as upper mid, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anyone... I mean, probably, like, in the same... Suzuki isn't isn't a bad analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonata, to a lesser extent. Guys like that. I think he was going to be in the guy that kind of rounded out the group. But um, Ibushi. Where Ibushi was. Right. right. How Ibushi was a guy that was, like, at the top. But he was not, until recently, one of the tip-tip top guys. And there are many times... How many times did we hear over the years... After a big performance, a big you know that Abushi was made, and he never was. Right. The only reason that Abushi got to where he is now, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from him, is because
2: signed that contract.
0: He signed a contract, and a lot of guys left, and a lot of guys got old, mm. and they kind of pulled the trigger on him. But like, I don't know, man. I I think about where Shibata was, and I love Shibata, but it's like Jay White was on the horizon, Abushi was on the horizon, Will Osprey's on the horizon. He would have had an incredible class of guys to work with, but this idea he was going to be a IWGP champion, he was never going to be an IWGP champion. He was never going to be a top five guy. Yeah. Ever. And I don't think, I don't know if Shingo ever
2: would be. I don't know if Shingo would be either, but I think this is a good first step of kind of maybe getting him out of that, like, he's just an ever guy. And and showing that he can work main events And it's realistic that he can get a tile shot
0: Well, that's what the New Japan Cup is there for, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's I think there is a great comparison between him and Shibata Because that's what they were trying to do At the time With that whole With the culmination of that story
2: Yeah Um, I mean, with Secure Genesis coming up We have a a Russell Grand Slam Stadium show, dome show we, we got Dominion coming up you, you need some other guys that can be In these main events besides Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi So I think it's, it's a great way to do it With elevating Shingo here Muto <laughs> <laughs> Oh man.
0: No, I, I, I do think that there's some great Insights in that question though So March 14th uh, We have the Chaos team Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, and Yoshihashi They defeated Dave Finley Yota Tsuji, and Yuya Yamura uh, second match of the night, Bullet Club team, Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, defeated the Suzuki Guten team of Doki, Suzuki, and Chi. Third match of the night, Chaos, Goto, Okada, and Sho, without their fourth wheel, Nagata, <laughs> <laughs> but defeated the LIJ team of Bushi, Shingo, and Naito. And the fourth match of the night, Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Toa defeated the Bullet Club team of Evil, Jay White, and Yujiro Takahashi. So that brings us to our semi-main event With Sonata defeating Yuji Nagata 18 minutes and 18 seconds
2: Yeah, no surprise here Sonata getting the win Uh, This was very similar to the singles match that they had uh, It was like
0: eerily similar to that match (laughs) Right, they
2: had a few weeks ago (laughs) I mean, it, it was a fine match here Nothing special Again, kind of a gentleman's three Guys, both these guys kind of hitting their their big spots here. Um, you, you know, I, I was really impressed with Sonata in the the Ishii matchup, and he showed a lot of fire there and kind of wrestled more of a Never style. And so I was kind of hoping we would see some of that fire kind of spill over to this matchup with, with Nagata, who's obviously kind of notorious with the Never style as well. But uh, he kind of resorted back to just you know kind of regular Sonata doing the same old spots, you know. TKO the the you know moonsault and all that stuff and so
0: Yeah, I mean this match. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were I
2: was letting you finish.
0: Yeah Um, yeah, this match was Very 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 similar to the match that sonata and yuji nagata had what was that castle attack tour?
2: Yeah, it was on the road to one of the road to castle attacks when uh naito was hurt
0: um I mean, this was probably a little bit longer, I'm guessing, or at least it felt a little bit longer. Yeah, Uh, I thought Sonata looked fine. I thought Eugene Nagata looked good. I mostly enjoyed the early chain grappling stuff, the stuff in the middle. It it was, like, the same problems I had the first time. It was, like, there was all this legwork. It didn't get sold. And then the the closing stretch was very good, and then it just kind of ended. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to say here. I mean, it was, like, probably, I don't know, three and a quarter. Yeah, like
2: three and a quarter, yeah.
0: And, you know, everyone kind of knew Sonata was going to defeat Eugene Nagata. I wish they would have maybe changed it up from the the match they had, like, a few weeks prior. But they probably just figured, like, nobody saw that shit. Let's just (laughs) run it back, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was fine.
2: You know know what I wish they would have done is I wish that they would have done Ishii Nagata in the first round. Had Ishii knock out Nagata, they have a banger, then you do Ishii Sonata in the second round. Who
0: and then what, like have Sonata Suji? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds better to me.
2: And then you, you get two you get two Ishii matches instead of one.
0: Yeah, but I mean I I don't know. What's funny is the Nagata Suji match is better than this match. Right, yeah. Anyways, uh let's move on <laughs> to the main event highly anticipated match between will osprey and zach saber jr they faced off in a, a little feud of the you know we we called it a feud of the year contender last year uh, as they were battling over the rev pro heavyweight british title um will osprey comes in this match as that champion this is obviously a new japan cup second round match um roles are kind of reversed We're seeing Will Ospreay as a heel going up against another heel in Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Will Ospreay defeats Zack Sabre Jr. 21 minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, Very noteworthy match. A lot to kind of dig into and talk about here. Uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts?
2: Zack Sabre and Will Ospreay do not miss. This was another uh, fantastic matchup between... These guys love uh, both of their matches that they had um, in 2019 uh, on the uh, that tour. I forget which, I'm blanking on which tour it was, but they wrestled the in New Japan and they had the Rev Pro Show matchup where, where World beat Saber. Uh, but these guys just have a, a history of just having great matches with each other. Um, I, I love the pacing of the match. I mean, straight out the get go, you have Osprey, you know, dropping Saber out of the ring, hitting a plancha. Um, and then you're hitting the, you know the pip pip cheerio back in the ring real quick, at, uh, Attempting an Oz Cutter and just these guys were just going um, kind of balls to the wall in the, in the first 30, 30 seconds. A really frantic, high pace start uh, to the matchup there. Um, and then it's a lot of great uh, grappling and wrestling, and we saw this in the the Osprey Saber ma- matches in twenty nineteen. Where Osprey did more grappling than high flying And just really proved to people that he's not just a spot monkey um, That he's a great wrestler So there's a lot of great um, wrestling between these guys here Obviously Sabre working a submission game here
0: That was something I heard Dave mention As he was saying how this was unlike any match they've ever had before And I was like, well, how do you know? They've had like a lot of matches Did you see them all? <laughs> but uh, I was also thinking like this wasn't exactly the same story, but or even the exact same style, but we saw a lot of things that they did previously. I don't know. Yeah, if was,
2: a, like, lot of, a lot of the grappling with stuff that we've seen previously. Um, big moment in the match. Um, Osprey kicks up the Zack Driver. You know, Zack Driver wasn't, that was
0: That was a big deal. That's like his finisher.
2: Right. That's I, his impact <laughs> finisher. Right, and that was a move that they protected um, during when Zack was mainly a singles guy. I don't know that I've seen
0: anybody kick out of it I mean, I feel like maybe Naito's kicked out of it But maybe not I know he's beaten Naito I think, with it Didn't Okada kick out of it? I don't even know if he was doing it uh, Maybe, maybe
2: uh, But it, I but mean, it's, it, a, it's a protected move Yeah uh, And of course um, Osprey gets his nose busted open um, At some point during this match now,
0: that's the crazy thing I went into I went Into this match watching it knowing That there was going to be a nasty Nose break and a bloody moment So I'm waiting all match long And like every time I see like (laughs) This just shows you how good There are certain things that like Wrestlers will look out for And they're like things that I don't think other people Like notice but like I'll look at Where wrestlers put their faces now (laughs) (laughs) Because it matters A lot where you put your face when you take Moves you know right and so I was thinking like he broke his nose and the other night literally Matt didn't see this match, but Matt was like, we were in class and somebody ran to take a big boot and like, he was like, no, <laughs> cause like someone almost got their nose And He's like, yo, you can get, get fucked up if you do it wrong. And I was like, that just happened to Will. <laughs> so I was like looking out for it the whole match and I never saw there wasn't. Okay. So I, right before the Zach driver, there was a front face bump. That Will took a little fast. And I think.
2: I, I think maybe. I think he broke it off the La Mystica.
0: That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe that could have been it. But here's the thing. When he came up off of that. No blood. At all. Where the blood started was. Zach hits him with the Zach driver. He kicks out. And there's blood everywhere. And it did. I watched that spot like three times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just. I mean anything can happen. That's what I was mentioning earlier on the show. When you're yeah. wrestling, literally like it might not have been a huge impact. It might have been like a straight elbow in the middle of him grabbing his face that you or, you were I might not notice, but it just fucks up the nose. It's possible. But it didn't look like I saw anything in that move from the way he did it that it it just kind of came from out of nowhere. Yeah, it was see, really surprising. Yeah,
2: because he went to the Zack driver into the triangle. Yes. Uh, and he was fucking Myst- and Myst- he was yeah, and he was already like leaking everywhere. Right, because the Mystica was before the Zack driver and then he had him look like, in that double arm bar. Right. And then Osprey got free and then he hit the Zack driver there.
0: But he but the thing is he might have maybe he did break his nose earlier and then the blood just didn't start until he went upside down. Mm, yeah. But it's hard to know because again, you would think if he broke his nose, the blood would have started immediately. Um Kevin Kelly actually alluded to the match that we set as our recommended match last or the other week. uh, The one Chris Samsa gave us where uh, he talked about Shinsuke Nakamura beating Fale with a busted open face. Mm. But remember in that match, we could see exactly
2: where, yeah, what Fale headbutted Nakamura down the cross arm breaker. Right.
0: This one, I've watched it a few times now, or at least the spot, and I I couldn't, like, ascertain what caused it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just you know, phenomenal matchup here um, coming on uh, towards the end. Saber uh, he hits the the Oz Cutter off the top. Uh, he goes for a springboard off cover off the top. Uh, hits a rolling elbow and then the Stormbreaker to get the win here. He has
0: a new a new name for one of those uh, elbow strikes.
2: What well, was? I watched this one in Japanese commentary, so
0: gotcha. I watched it with English, and um, he he's. It's that move that he hit 10s on with. Uh, it's not the, uh it, it's like the reverse from behind um elbow.
2: Right, yeah, the, the Chris Hero behind the elbow, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he did that in this match as well, and it's like, it's called like, I don't know, I guess we'll learn the name mm-hmm. soon. But uh Kevin Kelly like threw it out into the zeitgeist, so I
2: don't know what it was. Gotcha.
0: But it's, it's going to be, like, one of his things going forward.
2: The new the new setup for the Stormbreaker.
0: A new signature strike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, 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 really enjoyed this match. Uh, for me, this is the best match of the tournament so far. I think it's going to be very hard for most of the pairings that are on paper to outdo this, except for maybe Shingo and Will.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, just really excellent stuff here. I mean, I've seen a lot of people hype it up, you know, talking about, you know, best match of the year that they've seen, best match in, in you know, months and months and months. Um, I don't know if it completely lives up to as high as some of the, the heights that we got early in January, you know, around New Beginning and around, like, uh, Wrestle Kingdom time. It's, it's, it wasn't that long ago. People kind of forgot that stuff happened. <laughs> right. But this was just fucking excellent. I mean... I'm probably somewhere between four and a half, four and three quarters.
2: I went four and three quarters. I'm a coward. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> go the full five.
0: I, I don't think I'd go the full five just because I don't know. Was it sometimes with with the tournament match? There's not enough build. There's not enough atmosphere. There's not enough. I mean, well,
2: definitely is, not 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 enough atmosphere here. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, but um, the match was just excellent. And w- one of the things I liked was like. Oftentimes when you have a two heels, you'll see one guy playing more of the face, you know, a la AJ Styles against Minoru Suzuki, you know, AJ's a heel, but he's more clearly or, or even Suzuki against Kenny Omega, like they're Kenny and AJ are more, you know, resigned to being chicken shit. So they're sort of the de facto face, whereas like Suzuki's the juggernaut. So he's the heel. I liked this in the sense that neither guy really abandoned their heeldom ways. Right. They kind of just both embraced the fact that they were heels, but it didn't detract from the match because they they were both so dynamic, so athletic, and so um, just keyed in. Like, keyed in. Like... Dude, they were doing sequences that were like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve moves deep. Mm-hmm. And and there's no spot for them to like call the shit. It's all improvised. And it's just going, 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 going. They're reading each other. And I mean, like, oh, one thing I like is that New Japan is now acknowledging that they've had many matches in the past where Will has won. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last year they're saying Will never beat him before? Right. Um, but you know, Good job to, to Kevin Kelly and Chris Samson, actually, because Chris is like, actually. <laughs> um. But one of the things I liked about the story was Will came in there with an the arm injury. They were saying it was like, they're saying it's a shoulder injury uh, sustained in his um, uh no-DQ match against uh,
2: Kojima. Right. And in the, I did see the multi-man before, Uh, Sabre did target his arm a little bit in the multi-man the night before as well.
0: So that kind of gave Zach, um, a little bit of a, a a target. And even though Will wasn't the face, he had a, a, a weakness there. And what I liked about it, I would recommend if you haven't listened to it in English, maybe listen to it in English because I thought Kevin Kelly did a fantastic job. And one thing he pointed out was like, Zach was so bloodthirsty for the arm that he was willing to stand in the pocket and trade with Zach. Mm-hmm. And so... It would result in these situations where, like, Zach is getting hurt because his arm is vulnerable. I mean, Will. Or, I'm sorry, Will, and he's trying to protect it. But Zach is not playing the space game and, you know, all that. And because of that, he's ending up taking all these big shots from a much bigger Will Ospreay
2: now. And I think we've we've talked about it before in the show. That happened with Zach a lot. Zach will get in there and want to strike with these guys who are – bigger and better strikers than him right and it's it's his downfall he always gets knocked down
0: but this is a that's true and i thought of that but here's where it's a little different many times that's a prideful thing right you
2: know that's a cocky arrogant thing where he's like
0: i'm gonna fucking stand in front of you because i'm i'm zach and i can and then he can't this was more like i'm standing in front of you taking these strikes so i can get that fucking arm. Right. Because if i'm out here, how am i going to get to the arm? Right. And i loved that. And then Will is like desperate because everything he's doing like everything Zach's doing is working and Will is like literally trying Dude, There was
2: one point where i thought that Saber was was going to beat him. And I was thinking we've, we've
0: seen Zach upset guys right. many and, times.
2: And i was thinking, "Oh well, you know, they got they got some big shows coming up." They had the Red Pro title, you can beat Zach and you can run it back And you could have Zach uh, challenge for the Red Pro title on one of these shows This was just
0: excellent all around um, I don't want to, I know we got a long show I don't want to spend too much time on it But just this is probably going to be the match of the month I think it's probably a match that you're contender for this company If you haven't seen it High recommendation will osprey eventually wins with stormbreaker and it kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. Zach was like alive right until the very very end Um, oh there was one cell where where will dropped zach and zach is like just Corpsing and like he's his arms are stiff and he's looking up and he's like for like just gone And I love that like I was like i'm definitely doing that (laughs) (laughs) But um Will's nose, man, he, it just exploded. He bled everywhere. Um, and then after the match, he's like cutting a promo with, you know, a towel over his, mat, or over his face. And I was wondering if, you know, given some of his political inclinations, I don't know if he's been wearing a mask or not. It's like, mm. This is the first time he's wearing, worn a mask. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he cut a promo talking about how, like, this proves undoubtedly he's the greatest British wrestler Of all times,
1: Mm -hmm. ever,
0: of all of them, (laughs) fuck off Johnny Saint, (laughs) fuck off Rollerball Rocka, Dynamite Kid, fuck you, it's all about Will motherfucking Osprey, Zach who, William Regal who, (laughs) (laughs) Nigel McGuinness, bitch, (laughs) so this was was great man, really great.
2: Yeah, and so, you know, I was very curious to kind of see if, you know, what... The future of Will's, uh, you know, this trim was going to be with the nose and how damaged it was. Right. Um, he did wrestle uh, the next night that we're going to talk about here on March 15th. And I did see some backstage promos and the whole kind of thing now is that he's talking about, you know, he's getting ready to face Sonata in the next uh, matchup. And he's like, no, sonata you are a a great grappler there's no reason that you need to punch me in the face (laughs) we can just have a nice little wrestling match oh
0: shit they're gonna work this nose over right
2: and so in the whole tag match he's like you know telling sonata you know please don't please don't work the nose you know please don't hit me in the nose let's let's wrestle and so he's making a really big deal out of it which makes me think i'm sure obviously it's damaged but i don't think it's as probably as messed up as it it probably could be because that's Coming the whole focal point now is match and his Promos and stuff like that so it's gonna Be interesting to see kind of how that story plays Out when they actually have the Singles match
0: yeah um, That will be interesting to See what happens you know a lot of people Are concerned with this injury As to whether Or not will would be able to continue With a lot of people speculating that he slotted To go deep you know obviously he's Going into the third round so he's not that Far away but you know I think some people Think like like me thought and still think he's probably winning. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, well, will he even be able to continue? So, right. And that was why I brought up the thing with Matt. Because Matt literally said, you know, you got to work for a company. And you don't. Now, I'm not saying this is what happened with Will. This is totally different. But he, he was like, you go to take a move that you should know how to take. And then you take it wrong. And then you break your fucking nose. He's like, the person who's unprofessional isn't the person that gave you the boot. Or, what, or the clothesline or whatever the fuck it is. It's you who didn't know how to take it right. Because now your nose busted. And now now you can't work the next night. So now that's money out of everybody's pocket on the entire card. And mm. the fans. That's your fucking fault. So when he said that, I was like, oh shit. I, and I was like waiting. I was like, I wonder if Will fucked up. Like, Will <laughs> fucking the company? But, you know, um, I didn't see... My eye is not that trained. But I didn't see anything personally... That indicated that it just it seems like one of those free accidents. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, let's move on to uh, March 15th here. Show opened up. We had Doki, Despi, and Suzuki defeating Jado, Kenta, and Taiji Shimori. Then we had United Empire defeating Taichi, Kanamaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. Then we had L.I.J., Abushi, Zanata, and Shingo defeating Goto, Deguchi, and Yuji Nagata. Then the semi main event, the Matchup for the New Japan Cup. We had David Finley with Juice Robinson defeating Yoshihashi 16 minutes and 12 seconds.
0: So this one is very interesting in that um, when I go to Grapple and I look at the score for this match, 3.27. That means they thought the the and there were 66 votes. So the 66 people that saw this, the average you know aggregate you know um, total between them, they thought this was basically a three and Three and a quarter star match. I'm much higher on this match than everybody that voted on this. I thought personally that Yoshihashi and Dave Finley went out there with chips on their shoulders to prove that they fucking both they were both on that Doki shit. I ain't going back. <laughs> and they went out there and they tore the fucking house down. Now the crowd. Didn't react like they tore the house down. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they were a little bit more spirited when they clapped. <laughs> um, dude, the, the chain wrestling at the beginning of this match was excellent. The story that they told was excellent. Um, the back and forth, the close calls, um, many, many close submission spots. seemed like Yoshihashi had Dave Finley's number. Dave Finley kept kept going for the acid drop kept not getting it i also mm-hmm. thought juice did a really good job as a second on the outside we don't yeah. see him as a second very often and i kind of thought he was compelling and, and um interesting and then um at the end there are many times where like dave finley dropped yoshihashi with big you know some of his big signatures and it looked like yoshihashi was done and then yoshihashi kicked out of those but he was not able to kick out of a third and final attempt A successful attempt at that at an acid drop, which got Yoshihashi the fuck out of here. This is a victory lap for you and me because we are probably some of the only people that actually thought that Dave Finley was going
2: this far this far. Mm -hmm.
0: But I think the reason why is because we both know the storied history of him and Jay White.
2: Right, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's what they're doing, yeah. Right,
0: knowing Jay White was going in in, and there wasn't a sexy opponent for him, the only kind of logical opponent that makes sense is Dave Finley, given their history, and they're definitely playing into that heavy, given the post-match uh, promos between both Dave Finley and, and uh, um, Jay White. But, you know, a lot of people are kind of seeing the rise of Yoshihashi, and I, I think, like, uh, the stats they gave, like, 70 or 80% of people – Thought Yoshihashi was winning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um yeah, three and three and a quarter, that's kind of disrespectful for this match. Um I'm probably like three and three quarters. Uh I don't know. I could go the full four, but I thought that this really I'm guessing the reason that it was rated so low is A, a lot of people thought Yoshihashi was gonna win, <laughs> and they were disappointed when Dave Finley won. And B, neither of these guys are seen as like top line guys. And so sometimes top non top line guys get non top line
2: ratings yeah. ratings
0: because there's not as much investment. And you know regardless of who wins, they got to go up against probably Jay White. So right. But I I, I really enjoyed this match. Like yeah. I was surprised at how good this was. I was in the
2: in three and a half range. I, I did th- thought that both guys worked really hard. I mean we already talked about how you know Yoshihashi since winning the, the Never Six Man Titles, you know really just step his game up and. You know, Dave Finley kind of, you know, coming back here in uh, New Japan. You know, he's been mainly on strong, and he's been hurt um, kind of coming back. And so this tournament's been a real sh- um, you know, time for him to shine here, especially in the singles role, because um, normally we see him teaming up with Juice. And so I thought both guys made the most out of the opportunity, like you mentioned. So, uh, this, this was kind of a scrap here. And uh, both of these guys, I felt like they, like you mentioned, they kind of had a chip on their shoulders going out here, worked really hard, and, and had a very good match here.
0: Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that Very impressed with both guys Um, We had a question from Muzza Uh, He asked With how impressive Dave Finley has been for me And how much he has improved Could you see him being in a G1 Comparing to last year's block I would take him over Ujiro For certain
2: Well, I definitely agree with you there Muzza, I I would take uh, David Finley Over Ujiro as well Um We should play a game Where we go through the entire (laughs) Personnel Roster list
0: And ask You know Yujiro or And see what
2: happens Right
0: You know Yujiro or Retired Liger (laughs) (laughs) Retired Liger (laughs) Take fucking retired Liger Uh, Yujiro or Milano collection 18 I'm taking Milano (laughs) Yujiro or Miho Abe (laughs) Fucking take Miho Abe (laughs)
2: Um, but whether or not Dave Finley gets in a G one, um, I mean, I think it just all depends on who they have to choose from. You know, are they going to get some big guys in, in this year? Um, he he's a guy that always kind of mix a cut and block doesn't quite make the cut. I, I don't know. I don't think he's
0: ever been close to being considered. I think that he will. If you want my honest opinion. The like I'm not saying it's impossible, but the likelihood, this reminds me of when Tai Chi was starting to kind of gear up a couple years ago mm-hmm. and then he didn't make it.
2: Right. It was like, was well, that 2018?
0: Yeah, probably. And people yeah, that's it was 2018. And people were pissed because they were like, what the fuck? You know? Mm-hmm. But then the next year it was undoubted. Like, you couldn't, like, and then he had a terrible record. <laughs> yeah. And then the next year he went in, and he had a pretty good record, and now he's kind of seen as, like, an upper guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how this company works. Uh, you know, Dave Finley came back from that injury, that long layoff, and after, like, returning, we thought that he was, like, poised for a big, you know, Comeback and then he kind of got jobbed out By Archer Archer almost immediately And then was sort of Relegated to the tag team ranks After that and then COVID-19 Happened during That time he has worked extensively On not only expanding his Wrestling skills and his wrestling move set But also improving his physique And his conditioning and it's really Showing and he's also Showing a lot more fire uh, In his, his matches promos and on great. his promos yeah. So uh, I think that that stuff really is starting to come through to management, which is great. And I hope it even like inspires some more from juice. Cause like the juice we're getting now, I, I think since juice lost to Mox at super juniors, he's never been the same. Mm-hmm. And I would like him for him to go back to that period, you know?
2: Right. And I'm glad you mentioned Finley improving on his wrestling. Cause one thing he's been u- using in a lot of his matches lately is a uh, Granby roll. Um, which is a move That's used a lot In amateur wrestling Which I love It's a great roll up And he's been using that a lot What is it? The Granby roll um, It's, it's that the m-
0: roll Where you grab the guy And you roll through with them. Yeah I do that
2: Yeah it's dope
0: I didn't know that was like a real Like sh- legit amateur thing We do it Well you know Matt We do it in class all the time I, yeah. I just thought That was a pro wrestling thing
2: no, it's it's, it's kind of hard to do depending on who you're wrestling. And so, yeah. It's,
0: well, it's not hard when the guy's feeding for or, it. Exactly.
2: <laughs> it's hard when the guy's not feeding for it. <laughs> when it's a shoot. <laughs> like, bro, I'm trying to do this cool Grammy roll. Come on, go with me. <laughs> that's uh, fucking funny. So, yeah. I'm, I'm Come digging on, bro. That. Sell for me, brother. <laughs> Come on, work with me.
0: Brother, brother. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, Dave Finley, man. Um. I, I think that they really started to kind of uh give him this little push starting with last year's New Japan Cup USA mm-hmm. and we're starting to see that kind of cultivate here. Um I don't know how but the thing is the I don't I don't want to say it holds him back but like he's a tag team guy at right. the same time. So that's that's the one thing he's kind of like in between those two worlds so.
2: Yeah. Uh, Main event here of this show, uh, the conclusion of the second round We had Switchblade Jay White defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 19 minutes and 54 seconds Uh, A lot of this build to this matchup had to do with uh, both men's physiques uh, Throughout the multi-mans and Bro,
0: what the (laughs) fuck's going on with Hiroshi Tanahashi?
2: I don't know, Jay, you know, was making fun of, you know, the little bit of extra, you know uh, belly fat there that Tanahashi had around around the midsection mid there and It's kind of puffing his stomach out to make fun of Tanahashi
0: I get concerned because like Tanahashi will be like You know looking terrible right at one point and then three weeks later He's just fucking shredded and I and I'm like always thinking like man He's really putting in like work getting himself ready But now I'm starting to think like what if this man's just like Draining himself and like taking diet pills and shit like so,
2: binge like yeah. yeah
0: So he can like get rid of the fat and then just be cut up and then afterwards just fucking like eat sushi <laughs> and You know whatever like I don't know what they eat over there, but uh, just like kills it because like He looked pretty good a few weeks ago against okan right and he looked pretty good You know a few weeks ago against shingo And then he came into this match and he's like not looking so good. I don't know man um, it's just weird Like I, I guess it's harder At that age To like He still looks good but
2: Right But then i see Next to Jay Who's like Absolutely shredded
0: Bro shit Like Jay's what I aspire to be Yeah
2: Like
0: <laughs> I wanna to be fucking Jay White
2: <laughs> uh, Yeah so yeah Jay's been uh, Yeah fat shaming The ace here um, Making you know Tana feel bad About his little Little bit extra
0: <laughs> Well the great thing Was at the beginning Of the match And um, leading into the match He kept telling Tanahashi Like Listen if you lay down for me, that will make it easier for me to win the tournament. And then that way, when I win, I'll split these two titles up and preserve your legacy as well as my legacy. Right. I'll be doing you a favor. So then the match started, and he like kind of made his plea to Tanahashi, and Tanahashi laid down. And Kevin Kelly was just like, I, I never in a million years. <laughs> 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 and, um, and then, like, you know. Gato's like, "Don't trust him. Don't trust him." He's like, he's like, "No, it makes sense." He's like, "It's his legacy too. Of course he's going to do it."
2: Yeah. And then suddenly like, "Roll up." <laughs> right. <laughs> Got <you. laughs> Got him. Oh man. So yeah, started off with, with there. Um And yeah, you know, overall, this this wasn't the best J uh Tana match. Oh. Uh,
0: um let's let's make a correction there. I'm pretty sure this is the worst Tanahashi J White match.
2: Yeah. Well, i mean, yeah. Worse than the, uh, Russell kingdom 12.
0: It's worse than, yeah. It's worse than the first match they ever had against one another, which is, you know, not a bad match at all, but mm-hmm. you know, widely regarded prior to this as being like probably the worst match between them. So I can't imagine any other match being this low caliber between them. Um, I mean, what did you think of the match overall?
2: Overall? I do think, I think I went like three and three quarters on it. Uh, I thought it it started off slow But then towards the end it really Picked up Um, I thought Jay did a great Job of getting heat on Tanahashi There was one point where he went outside And beat up um, Suji Because of him being You know Tanahashi's young boy uh, You know locking in the Cobra Trisk Grabbing the belly fat and just really kind of cutting Tanahashi off and uh, getting some Heat on him and then you know Tanahashi Fighting back with the sling blades uh, The flat liner and stuff Like that um Jay hitting his, um, you know, the elevated German Kiwi Crusher. Yeah, I thought it ended up being like a, de- a pretty decent main event here. Um, but with a caliber of Tanahashi and a Jay White, you would expect a little bit higher, yeah. especially for a main event.
0: You know, to speak to that question from earlier, they did have a singles match at the 2019 Super Juniors. It was the third from the top, and it was like one of their best matches ever. Mm. So, And I forgot about it, but now that I'm looking at the thing, I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at cage match. This has got six. This one's rated six point five six. The WrestleMania or <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom twelve match is six point five two. So it's it's not far off. It's right in that same. And everything else they've done is like you know generally rated eight, close to eight or or above that. Um, I thought there was some okay stuff here. I mean, these two guys are both professionals. And they know what they're doing and they can go out there and kind of sleepwalk their way to a good match. And so it wasn't bad. It was good. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same stories that I've seen between them working of the legs, a lot of dragon screw counters, things like that. Um, but it was sort of just paint by numbers. I mean, I, there I don't, there, there wasn't a moment that really sticks out to me in this match. Um, th- they seem to be wrestling at, like, a degree slower than they typically do. Mm -hmm. They were really paced slower, both guys. Um, I I don't want to... You know, I love Tanahashi. That's my guy. But this just didn't really feel like he was firing on all cylinders. I don't know if maybe he's... Potentially banged up, possibly from that like Shingo match a couple could months. Could be back.
2: A, like a crowd energy too.
0: That could be part of it. I I don't know what the deal was here, but this this just didn't really seem to work for me. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I like Dave Finley and Yoshihashi match better than this match. Mm. So that kind of tells you where I'm at with this one. Yeah. But um, ultimately, we've seen the story where Jay White is able to counter, attack and counter move almost anybody else in the wrestling industry. He's the best counter wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he was able. What was it that he countered uh, Tanahashi? It was I think Tanahashi was going for a uh, another. He's going
2: for a dragon screw. Yeah, th-
0: that's the word I was looking for. He's going for a dragon screw. Dragon screw. He countered it, brought him up, hit him with the sling blade. And blade Runner. God, <laughs> it's always like I don't know if it's switchblade, sling blade, or Blade Runner. I always I mix those three up like. Yeah, he hits him with the Blade Runner, one, two, three. And then um, afterwards, like, Jay made the Young Lions carry him out, meaning himself, Jay White. Like, yeah. he made them literally carry him. So, uh, yeah, um, he beats Tanahashi, moves on. I think this was kind of expected, just given the brackets. But, uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I was, a, I was a little disappointed. I wanted more out of this match.
2: Yeah. Yeah, now he's calling himself the the Jace. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: notice. I listened, like, I was kind of busy. I was like, because I was cramming um, some of these last few matches before we recorded. I didn't, I heard some of the promo, but I didn't, uh, I didn't always call himself the, <laughs> the Jace. That's funny.
2: Uh, so now we go on to the last night here that we'll be covering uh, today's show, March 16th, where we had uh, the first two quarterfinal matches, but the undercard opened up. We had Tenkoji teaming up with Nagata to defeat Gabriel Castillo, Yodosuji, and Yuyamura. Then we had the Bull Club team of Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Jay White, defeating Finjuice and Toa Hanare. Then we had the United Empire, of Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay, defeating Bushi and Sonata. And then in the semi-main event, we had the first quarterfinal match. We had Evil defeating Toriyano at 7 minutes and 54 seconds.
0: Now, here's the funny thing. Uh, I was making dinner this evening for myself. And I, like I said, I was cramming these shows. So I'm on my phone and I'm watching this match. And, you know, it is evil. We've talked about all the evil shenanigans. We talked about the the Togoisms, the evilisms. And then obviously you got Yano on the other side. And um, so you know what to expect. Uh, and I mean, I think they were in the same block in the G1. And it, there was, you know, that kind of sucked too. Right. So that being the case, I'm watching the match and on the Yano scale of, you know, inoffensive Yano matches, this was fine, right? I'm watching it and I'm like, I heard, I mean, I saw the ratings and it was like, it had like a two something on cage match and like a a one star on grapple. And I was like, holy shit, like this is going to be horrible, but then they're going out there and they're just doing the Yano shtick, you know, the funny stuff, you know, Yano's chance, Yano's dodging him, slapping him in the head, you know, get, Dick Togo's getting involved, they're undoing turnbuckles, and I'm like, it's the same shit he always does, and I was like, here's my thing with it, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, if you don't like Yano's stuff, then sure, go ahead and rate this bad, but like, I was like, Yano doesn't, Ever get these low of ratings So what the fuck's going on I was like maybe people are just done with evil But I was like the, the ratings don't seem to line up with that So I'm like kind of complaining to you And you're like oh you haven't seen the finish yet <laughs> And I was like no And I was like oh okay So I'm like cooking and then like All of a sudden the lights just fucking go out
2: Well, well first Yano he gets the whole of the garrote And he chokes out evil with the garrote And throws him under the ring to get the count out. thinking he's going to get a count out victory. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was yeah.
0: I was trying to remember, like, what led up to it.
2: Right, so it's like, 17, 18, and the lights go out.
0: Yeah, the lights go out, and they're not even out that long. I would say maybe four seconds. It's enough to be substantial, but not enough to be really substantial. So, they, they're out. Then they come on, and Evil's just completely fresh as a daisy, standing there right in front of Yano. Yano's shocked. And then he just fucking STOs him, hits him with the, what? Everything Everything's evil, evil. And pins him one, two, three. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of sense does that? This is some, this is fiend bullshit. Yes. But on a lower scale and budget, like, thank God evil doesn't come out with those finger things
1: anymore.
0: <laughs> or or a scythe. But like, God, this sucked.
2: Yeah, when did evil all of a sudden get the powers to uh, control the lights? Now,
1: bro,
0: he's well. He's always no, bro. This go, this is lore.
2: Mm, okay, the lore. This is the lore. The lore of evil. I can't <laughs> wait for the five minute, the five hour YouTube videos explaining the lore of evil and how he got his powers. I can't wait. Someone's gonna write
0: a think piece about evil. Yes, I can't wait for, to read uh. all the
2: columns that explain the lore and how. You know, if we, we should have seen this coming when he was hey, Watanabe and Ring of Honor.
0: I didn't um I I know that the New Japan year end book is like a really great resource and stuff, but I've never actually like read one. <laughs> but from what I understand this year a lot of people wrote not everybody, but there was quite a few positive like articles about evil because <laughs> so much of the year like centered around him. I really think that shit's going to age poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the shit that's going to like age real poorly because they keep doing shit like this, you know? Um. Anyways, with that being said, like, uh, bro, it didn't make, s- well, okay. So, oh yeah, back to the lore. Remember when he used to come out for his entrance, what would happen? Hands go up, lights go down. He still got those fucking abilities. Okay. Mm.
2: Just like every now and again. So why did he wait until a quarterfinal match with Yano to use these powers? Why didn't he use these powers to win the double titles?
0: Because he's got a groat wire and he's got Togo. He doesn't need to resort to this shit. Mm. But you know he got bested. Um, every now and again, you know, badass Taker would have to go old school on your ass. You know, and he would maybe every once in a while bust out a little, a little mumbo jumbo a little gimmick a little gimmickry so that's kind of that's all evil did here it's fine um but for real this was like some fiend shit like th- i think what made it really bad was he was completely choked out and then in a matter of seconds
2: that's not, fine not
0: only does why why would that interrupt like how would that not i, I don't know i'm applying too much logic Right Because obviously it, It's bullshit
2: Right The ref should have kept counting
0: No why would No the ref can't count Right The ref is unable to count Because he can't See See yeah. But then maybe that should cause A no contest So neither guy goes through So then at that point Who's the other guy In the bracket against him
2: uh, Shingo The winner is Shingo Kenta
0: Shingo Kenta winner Gets an automatic buy to the finals
2: You know Yeah
0: but um, what I really didn't like was Evil just as fresh as a fucking daisy. No after-effect sell from the Grote Wire. Right. I, I don't know. This shit sucked. I, the only thing I was glad about is that it at least it didn't go 13 minutes like uh, Okan. Also, is Okan going to like get more weave in his hair?
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. So, you know, the night after cutting his braid, he comes out and it's is, is freaking... Wee was like untied and full, fully lengthed out, and like looking like a wild man. So he looks like me now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but I actually like the look though. But it, it was kind of weird that he his hair like magically grew more after him cutting it <laughs> the night before.
0: He got extensions. <laughs> uh, but this sucks. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, gave it, it gave it a smooth
2: a one and a half.
0: Um, I would go. Yeah, I guess you could. I could go even I could go dud on this shit. I could go negative. It was yeah. fucking bad.
2: Uh, we got a question here from King DW510. Is it time to send evil and dick to Impact so they can let Togoism run a wild over there? Maybe they can recreate the choppy, the pee scene with Tommy Dreamer or something. Those impact fans would probably love it. <laughs> Uh, If if you do love impact make sure you check out 8-bit suplex here on the social suplex podcast network
0: Yeah what the fuck why are you burying the impact fans I mean (laughs) just because impact sucks doesn't mean you gotta (laughs) bury the fans (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: I hate impact Uh, You know what's funny is like I didn't always hate impact I mean even like in the modern past I didn't dislike them
2: Doing the Hogan uh, Bischoff era
0: Uh, Like, as late as, like, I was still watching Impact, uh, not regularly, but, like, pretty consistently. Uh, I shouldn't say consistently. Semi-regularly around, like,
1: 2016,
0: Mm -hmm. 2017-ish. So, I mean, yeah. Probably around, like, when Matt Hardy was still there. But, you know, when when Bobby Lashley and the Wolves and all that stuff was going on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but to answer uh, King DW's question here, I'd be totally fine with Evil and Dick Togo going to Impact because I don't watch Impact right now. No, that would be embarrassing.
0: <laughs> that would be <laughs> embarrassing for them to send as the representative <laughs> of Antonio Inoki's sport of pro wrestling, <laughs> New Japan.
2: Hey, they shoot people on Impact, man. This, this Evil would fit right in.
0: I don't really know what goes on on Impact.
2: Well, we were talking about something that went down uh, this past weekend in the news. I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so
2: um, let's talk about this main event
0: yes. and close this shit out. So um, the the fifth et- match of the night, main event, uh, saw Shingo Takagi defeating Kenta. First time match ever, 23 minutes, 47 seconds. Now, I got to tell you, Jeremy, I kind of paid attention to this match, but like, I feel like do you remember last week I was like kind of down on Sonata and Ishii and everyone else seemed to be high on it. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to me here with Shingo and Kenta. Like I'm not the highest on this shit and everyone seems to be around four, four stars ish. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I'm just like getting so tired at the end of these like sessions where I'm trying to cram everything <laughs> Yeah, that I'm like, just like fatigued from all the wrestling viewing. Um, what, I'm gonna leave this one to you I watched it but like I don't know even I mean they were fighting there was a lot of strikes and then Shingo hit him with the you know last of the dragon and won and like that was up about all
2: I really remember yeah the the key here uh so getting part of the match um Kenta does the same thing he did to Juice Robinson where he pulls the ring bell um from the the ring the timekeeper hits Shingo with the bell
0: Remember that, yes
2: Yeah, so then and then from there, she goes kind of on the, the Down end of the match, kind of selling as Kenta Kind of works over uh, the head there, side Headlock, and then uh, It's kind of a back and forth from there, a lot of, you know, big Heavy strikes, uh, there's a big strike exchange With Kenta with the slaps, and Shingo was killing Kenta with lariats in this match. There was like two or three lariats where he just—it cr- it, it sounded off so great. He just thrilled oh, Kenta. There with was them.
0: there was one pumping bomber where he fucking killed Kenta. Yeah,
2: uh, I think it was the last. It was one. like right at the end of the match. Yeah, the, the, the last pumping bomber was. It was
0: like, it was fucking awesome.
2: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Kenta also the game plan off hitting with the head was working over. Uh, working over the head he Hit the, the green killer Draping DDT um, He had him in the game over Submission hold um, Got near submission off of that um, Several attempts of the GTS Obviously it was kind of Shingo kind of fighting from underneath Which I think Shingo does really well In that role and right? Fighting from from underneath You know
0: he's He's very good at it yeah, I he, think the first time in New Japan We really saw it was against Kanemaru in that Super Junior Yeah where he came with his knee 19. hurt
2: Yeah uh, so, you know, normally we see him kind of in that juggernaut role, kind of just steamrolling people. But uh, when he has to sell, he does a great job of it. And he, he does a great job of selling and fighting from underneath, getting the crowd uh, behind him, you know, getting great near falls with Made in Japan. Um, I, you know, I love his uh, one, two elbow combos. He was killing uh, Kenta with those as well. Kenta had a great Tiger suplex at one point in the match. Um, a psycho knee for a near fall um, Then it came down to that last Pumping bomber where he killed Kenta Got him up for last of the dragon 1, 2, three. Uh, Shingo advance, I, I love the match I thought, I, I love seeing Shingo kind of be That kind of resilient fight from underneath Character, uh, it was very hard Hitting, uh, great psychology I was in that kind of 4 star range As well
0: Yeah, as you <laughs> kind of gave the Recollection of everything, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that Now, um yeah, it was a good match I might go back and recheck it out later But uh,
2: then, uh I'd like
0: to see them wrestle again
2: Yeah, definitely um, After the match, uh, Shingo's coming to promo Evil comes out uh, I
0: missed this I I, I I like literally turned it off after <laughs> it was over
2: Yeah, Evil and Dick Togo come out They jump Shingo, lay him out with the magic killer You know why
0: I turned it off Is because They're going to speak in Japanese and there's no translation right, Yeah, So I'd rather Wait for the um
2: translation to come out translation
0: video to come out so i can actually understand so that's why i did that but i didn't realize there was a post-match attack that makes sense yeah so this week coming up um we are three shows away from the end of this year's new japan cup finals um on thursday march 18th 5 30 a.m eastern time on new japan world we have jay white taking on david finley this is a long-standing feud between these two Going back to their young line they, they
2: are 12-1 and one. Jay has beaten him 12 times Finley has beaten him only once He won
0: the first match very between first. them yep. um, It was funny though On the uh, post-match promo that Jay White cut He said that he's undefeated against Dave Finley <laughs> And it's a streak that will live on forever right, he's, like, he's
2: like, I don't count the first one <laughs> like, You won the first one, but then I won 12 like, This streak is a very impressive streak <laughs> <laughs> Um...
0: So it would be really crazy if Dave Finley beat him finally. <laughs> but there's a story there. Uh, their matches um, kind of slept on. They're always very good. Uh, yeah. When we had Sonal Ladd here on the show a uh, few like months back, she actually mentioned how much she enjoyed the da- uh, Dave Finley-Jay White feud, uh, which kind of like won her cool points with us because we've been high in this feud <laughs> yeah. for a while. Um. Do you want to do predictions on this shit?
2: Yeah. So here, yeah. So this is the uh, the last half of the quarterfinals here. So, I mean,
0: I had White and Finley going into this part of the bracket. I think you did too, right? Yes. Okay. So so we're we're right in line here. So I think we both. I mean, I don't know. I've got Jay White going
2: through. Yeah, I got Jay White going through as well. I, you know, it would be a big upset for Finley. Kind of a cool moment after such a long streak of losing to Jay. But I think where they're at right now, and I, I just think it makes more sense for Jay to go through to the, to the Final Four.
0: Hey, last year, we never saw the evil turn coming. I'm not saying there's going to be a turn, but that that was a story aspect that we just did not see on the horizon. Who knows what they got in store for Dave Finley. Maybe this is the start of something bigger. Um, maybe someone else is going to get involved. But, uh, you know, if it's just straight one-on-one based on the current standings in the company – and based on the fact that the winner is going to fight Osprey or Sonata, I mean, the only logical drawing, you know, outcome that makes sense is Jay White winning this one.
2: Right. And then the other quarterfinal match that will happen on Thursday, March eighteenth, is Will Osprey versus Sonata. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of emphasis here on Osprey's nose and Osprey kind of begging off and asking Sonata to, to wrestle like gentlemen and not to. You know, hurt his in his face anymore, um, so that's also going to be a big part of the match here. Uh, Sonata, we we talked about before, kind of this this history of going far in the New Japan Cup every year and getting kind of further and further. Um, I I have not wanted
0: to make that a talking point at all because uh, I feel like they played out that story already when he made it to the finals against Okada and then lost. And so my Line of thinking is like he's fucking done
2: You know right I'm just saying like he has Great tournament experience Um, Is he not the most
0: Winningest person in the history of the new Japan cup probably I think they said I think that's something that Kevin Kelly said yeah uh, Which doesn't surprise me
2: yeah, so you can't really count him out, but I'm I have Osprey winning here and to get a an Osprey J White uh semifinal.
0: And did you have Osprey and Sonata going into this part?
2: I did, yeah. So you had that sec- My My right side of the bracket, I, I did pretty good. Is on point? Yes. Yeah.
0: Same same here. I had Osprey and Sonata. Uh my whole thinking is I've I've been booking it so that Osprey is going all the way through and taking a look at the guys that he beat back to back, they're all people that matter quite a bit to the recent history of the new Japan cup. And they're all really successful new Japan cup performers or winners. So, you know, um, Sonata. And then prior to that, uh,
2: Zach Saber,
0: and then if he were to beat Jay White, I mean that's a that's quite I mean that's a huge, you know, lineup of guys. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I've got Osprey winning. Uh, that's gonna bring us to Jay White and Osprey on the finals on Sun or um
2: semifinals on, on Saturday. Saturday.
0: I guess we can kinda just roll into that, huh?
2: Yeah. So then on, on Saturday, March twentieth, four AM Eastern to semifinals, it will be evil versus Shingo.
0: Well, before we talk about that, I think we should just talk continue talking about what we're We're discussing there So I mean It's gonna be the winner Of White And Finley Versus the winner Of Osprey Sonata Right So we pretty much Both think it's gonna be Jay White and Will Osprey Right There's been kind of A professional rivalry Between these two Going back for a while now Um, The most two recent matches That I can recollect They were in the G1 This past year And I I believe Will Yeah Okay yeah Jay was sort of on a roll Will beat him, that was sort of an upset, and then prior to that, they wrestled at the anniversary show the year prior, right? when Will was the never champion, and he lost to Jay White. Both those matches were pretty outstanding, and a little underrated in both years that they occurred.
2: Right. They also have the ring of honor match where Jay was on excursion and they tore the house down in that match.
0: That that's a totally different style match than these ones. Yes. They've kind of got like a low key banger trilogy that like a lot of people either haven't seen or didn't pay attention to, or didn't give it the full credit that it's deserving. So, I mean, um, them ending up in the semifinals, uh, that'd be a big, big deal. Um, and could be a really great match.
2: Yeah, and we've seen you know, the heel versus heel thing can work We saw that with Osprey and Sabre So I don't think there'll be any issue With both men being heels working this match
0: Now Hypothetically Let's talk about other scenarios Jay White wins And Sonata gets through That is a possibility
2: Right, if you wanted to have a baby face heel That dynamic there
0: And that Definitely works and in that case I would pretty much have jay white go through unless they're doing something outside of left field that we don't see coming Like sort of like the evil thing last year But let me ask you if finley wins. What do you do?
2: If finley wins and I would go for osprey win Um, just that makes sense. I don't think finley sonata makes a lot of sense Yeah, I do finley osprey and then you have osprey beat finley to get to the finals
0: I mean, again, it's sort of the same thing we said last week. Like, Finley's not going to win, but, like, we said the same thing about Tohanari. It was sort of like, if Tohanari beat Jay White, pretty much needs to go all the way through. Right. Um, I would almost feel the same way about Finley. If Finley beat Jay White for some reason, uh, you might as well just, like...
2: <laughs> Strap him up. Strap him up, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I think Jay White versus Osprey makes the most sense. The only thing that's a little surprising, sometimes with these New Japan Cups, we don't get... Like the the big semifinals Like you would normally book it out For like say a G1 or some other tournament But this one kind of Seems like they're going with big names Yeah One concern though with White Osprey That's heel versus heel Like you mentioned it works But then Evil Shingo is a heel versus face So you got three heels And the one face in Shingo um, And I mean I guess that works But I don't know It's a little interesting
2: yeah, well, I think that, that could help put the spotlight on Shingo.
0: If that's what they're doing, if yeah. if they're truly going with Shingo, but then that kind of hurts my bracket, so I... Like, <laughs> 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 what?
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, so Shingo, he, he's facing Evil on Saturday in the other semifinal on the left side of the bracket.
0: I wonder who Samsa so fucking has going and uh, winning. Um, I, I hope I hope whoever I hope he has a perfect bracket And then whoever he uh, books to win <laughs> Fucking loses I
2: think if I remember correctly He said he had Osprey winning I think I don't I'd have to double check See the problem is,
0: is I got Osprey winning too So do I, I.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, So Evil and Shingo Also kind of a history here With you know, Also Both men being an LIJ at one point. Ah, used to I be. forgot that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like
0: you were like they have a they have a history and I was like, What history? And then and then you said it I was like, Oh that's right. They were in, they and, were in and the that, LIJ that, that
2: banger New Year's Dash where they teamed together to take on Ishii and Goto.
0: Yeah, things that could have been they would have been <laughs> an awesome tag team if they'd stayed like kept tagging together.
2: Right. Um. So you know, this is, we don't, we haven't really seen Shingo versus Evil during that whole kind of turn. So this is kind of the first you know crack for Shingo here to get some revenge on Evil from turning on Lij. Everybody else has
0: had a crack at Evil. I I feel like Bushi might have even had a match. I, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But everyone all everyone else that matters except for Bushi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, um, so are we getting? I mean, we're not that far off from Evil J White. Oh, boy. Bro, there's people that want it, and there's people that have been calling for it, and, like, we're not that far off. It could happen.
2: It could happen. It shouldn't happen. That that would be a horrible call.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like New Japan sort of dropping the ball with that? Because think about it. Back at the G1, it was, like, this huge focal point for both guys, and they were talking about it so extensively during all the backstage promos. But since the G1 ended... And since the beginning of the quasi double night gold dash, whatever it ended up being, we haven't heard shit about evil and Jay White. Do you think it's something they're keeping on the back burner? Because to me, it doesn't seem like that. It feels like something that they have completely. They dropped the
2: ball and I don't mind if they don't ever pick it back up.
0: (laughs) Oh well, from a from a creative standpoint or like my personal stance, I'm not like, oh, I really wanted to see that. But it was also something that people
2: seem to really be into right.
0: And from a marketing standpoint, it feels like they they left a lot of money on the table.
2: right. I think what happened was they were like, "How do we book it? What do we remember do? last time we tried a Bullet club Civil War, that didn't work out so well let's let's not do it. <laughs> I, I feel like they're like
0: sort of like thinking like, uh, what, who wins? right? Where do we go? What happens, you know. So and maybe some of what you're saying. So
2: someone in the room's like, "Let's do this bull club wolf pack."
0: Maybe gonna, <laughs> maybe that is what's happening here. I don't think so. Um, it seems like for me, evil is a, of of like. I mean, I think Shingo's beaten evil. Yeah. So I think that's why evil kind of came through. I think it tells a little bit of a good story, like you mentioned. Evil turned on Lij to kind of cement his place in this tournament. Last year he's he came into this year's tournament as the returning winner, and now you got Shingo, who's sort of like the last man to join Lij, and now he's the defender in this situation. I mean they they didn't build it this way, but that's where we're at. You know, just right. give, given the circumstances, like he's not only trying to punch his ticket, but also he's gonna maybe try to exact a little bit of revenge for his comrades. And um I think he will get that revenge. Uh I I think it would be terrible for them to have Evil go through to another final. If they do that, then I don't know. Osprey is the only guy that really makes sense to me unless right. people yeah. people want that all bullet club final. I don't know. Yeah, I
2: think Shingo's going through and I think you can you can tease it out a lot with Evil doing a lot of cheating and a lot of great near falls, um, to try and beat Shingo. I think Not w-
0: not great cheating,
2: bad cheating. Bad yeah. Shitty <laughs> cheating. Uh but I think we will see, um I think we'll see like an L I J interference. I think like Bushi or somebody will come out to help Shingo like fight off Dick Togo. Is that what
0: Bushi does? Bushi's one role in the the one role that he has in this group is he's the guy that when shit hits the fan, <laughs> he's gonna come out and help. Right. And and make a save. Um or lend a assisting hand. Check at
2: that T V time when you can, brother.
0: <laughs> um Jay White and Will Ospreay, I feel like that's the, the match that's the hardest to call. Most people were sort of banking on a Shingo Ospreay final. And that, I mean, that one makes a lot of sense for the same reasons why Shingo and Will Ospreay made sense for Best Super Juniors in 2019. Mm-hmm. And also why that match ruled last year in the G1. Um, it was possibly the best match of the G1, or at least in my opinion it was. But... um. That might be too on the nose, like Jay White. I mean, I could see them doing
2: Shingo, Jay White. I
0: could, yeah. The one reason I was sort of hesitant to them doing it was because Jay and, and Shingo have wrestled one another in the G1 the last two years, right? Mm, yeah. Um. So it sort of feels like, well, they, they kind of gave us those matches back to back. Now they're going to give it to us a third time. At the same time, I'm pretty sure Shingo's never beaten Jay White.
2: I know he definitely lost last year.
0: No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I, I know I said it, I'm pretty sure, but when I say I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, I'm 100% dead, dead. Like, without looking at my phone, I know he did. Like, he's never beaten Jay White.
2: Yeah. So,
0: there is a story to tell. I just... I don't know if I have it in me to watch another long ass Jay White. I like Jay White and I, I, I know I praised the Bushi match and everything and I did love that. But like I don't know if I want to watch Jay White in the finals of a New Japan Cup this year.
2: Especially in a clap crowd. Yeah. Where you, you can't have fans like booing him.
0: Well, yeah. And then it's like Shingo had to go through evil and then he had to go through Jay White. Like I don't know. And also Jay White, if, if Jay White's in the finals, like he might win. Right. Uh, it is sort of that argument that people make when they talk about like, well, Jay's never won a G1 or Jay's never won a New Japan Cup. And those are accolades. He's probably going to win at some point. And I know a lot of people are like, it's <laughs> they're like, it's, uh, you know, it's Osprey's time. It's Shingo's time. It's like, nah, hold this L.
2: Right, especially with the way... It's my era, baby. He's been building up this whole, you know, (laughs) wanting to split the belt, keep the belt split.
0: Well, that's the one... Actually, you know what? That's the one thing that makes me think they're not going to go with him because that's just a rehash and a different version of the Naito story from February. Right. I don't want to see another... Well, I'm trying to prevent him from unifying the titles. Well, they're going to go into the match and the titles are already going to be unified, so that makes no sense.
2: He he wants to de-unify them.
0: What's gonna be that? Okay, let's assume he wins it, right? And let's assume that the IWGP, quote unquote, acquiesces to his request. What will those lineages look like? Will will it be like? Will they just funnel together and then unfunnel, or will it like? Or will they just both stay straight? And then there'll be an asterisk that was like for one match,
2: <laughs> <laughs> one match. Abushi had a dumb idea and unified the titles. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: he had a double. He he was the world title, and then it became not the world title. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean that just sucks. Yeah. Um, I would just, in my opinion, I would just much rather see the ascent of either Shingo or Osprey. My one caveat with that is this. If Jay White wins, I think he could beat Ibushi. If Osprey wins, I think he could beat Ibushi. If Shingo wins, he's not beating Ibushi for the titles, mm. at least not in April at Sakura Genesis,
2: right? Um, so I mean, that's that's. I don't, the I don't deal. think Ibushi is losing no matter who comes out of this thing.
0: I could see it. Why? Why not? He's held it since January or since before then, right? No, since January. One,
2: yeah, he won in January.
0: It's a pretty long first reign, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah. Well, not a lot of guys get to hold it this long in their first reign. I mean, he might be dropping the title soon. Especially given how many, like, high-profile headlining matches they've had him in. I yeah. could see him. I think that they... If you want my opinion, I know it's a little early. I think they're prepping him to drop the belt soon. Mm. I, I, and, and this is not new news. I've been saying this since, like, early February, late January. Yeah. So... But I think if he beats Shingo, he's gonna retain the titles. But I mean, is there is okay, I guess the question here, one thing maybe this will help us with our booking and we can come to a final answer on this new Japan cup issue. We got two we we've got uh two stadium shows as well as Sakura Genesis coming up.
2: You also have Don Taku and Hino Kuni.
0: That's oh that's the other one I think of Don Taku. Would it make more sense for Ibushi to just retain and go Through obviously we don't know what's on the docket Or is there a Possibility that they would draw better And have better like Match are there other match Options that would draw higher Provided you put the Title on one of these three guys
2: There Could be my, my idea is thinking that If you're gonna do a tile change save it For the stadium or the dome That makes sense Um but I could see, they could do Ibushi on a chase. Ibushi works well as a baby face on a chase. You could have him. Could you do
0: Osprey transitional champion to drop the belt to Okada?
2: Hmm.
0: I'm just throwing ideas out yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the next Osprey Okada match, Osprey needs to win.
0: That's true, too. Yeah. Well, maybe Osprey wins it the first first time at the first stadium and then loses it in the dome. Mm. Just throwing ideas out there. Yeah. These are not like things I'm like dead set on. Right. Um, I'm just wondering, like, cause I'm wondering who's a going to draw with in these big stadiums. We talked about that last week and I was like Kenny Omega, I guess, uh, Okada. Other than that, there's not very many uh, other options I can really realistically think of with Shingo. I can't think of any. As much as I love Shingo, I can't think of a big money-drawing match with him that they haven't... I mean, they just did him in Okada, you know what I mean? Right,
2: which, I mean, there's a story there. Um, they're now one-on-one. On one. I think you could do the rubber match.
0: Yeah, but you know how they like to do with these big shows. They like to do... Big, I mean, the one big protected match that they haven't done, but I don't think it makes sense booking-wise on a month build, is Naito and Osprey. Right. That's the one match in this company that they just haven't given us Yet. Yet. Other than that, I mean, you you got to bring in a John Moxley or you got to bring in a, a, a Kenny Omega or something because I think they've, like, or you're doing a rematch because they've pretty much exhausted all these options. Right. They could do a gimmick match, too. I know they don't do those often, but, I mean, for a big show, I mean, who knows? Right. So I the, the only reason I bring all that up is because I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think longer term they got these big shows on the horizon what is
2: what's going to happen who's the best champion to go into these shows yeah who do
0: you want representing the company and i guess the downside if you like you said it might make sense to do a title change on these big shows so the downside was if you had one of these guys beat Ibushi, that wouldn't be a very lengthy illustrious title run mm-hmm so, so I guess that does kind of leave the door open that abushi could and likely would retain
2: Yeah, because I think we're gonna see jay versus tana for the never title To really kind of elevate Ugh. elevate that a show like all right. It's the new like secondary title. He, sure. He beat tana Um, he didn't mention he, he did say in the promo. He's like i'll take the never title too.
0: I I heard him say that Yeah, yeah. so So I mean, I don't know. Um I mean, I'm. I guess I'm still going with Will Osprey because I mean, although like I'm kind of, the, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm only like fifty point six percent positive it's gonna be him, and I'm like forty nine point four
1: percent
0: sure it's gonna be Shingo. I'm like on that tipping point. I'm pretty. I'm like. I'm almost equal that Shingo's gonna beat him.
2: Yeah, I had Osprey winning when I was booking Okada Osprey in the finals. Uh but now that I think Shingo is going in the finals and just a run that he He just seems so hot. Right, he Okada um Godo Kenta. Yeah, I am going with Shingo winning this thing.
0: Well, that's uh I'm going to stay with Osprey just cuz I'm gonna be stubborn, and I want my bracket to turn out good. (laughs) Because you know, I'm not good at predicting New Japan Cup every year. Like, I do okay with other tournaments, but this is the one tournament that I've never predicted accurately. Every year, I I get this shit wrong. So, (laughs) Um, I think the final that you and I both want to see just more than any any other one is Shingo Osprey. Shingo Osprey, just because they fucking tear the house down every night. Uh, Do you know where the final of the New Japan Cup even
2: is? Uh, that is a good question I do know it is Sunday March 21st It'll be 1am Eastern Time On New Japan World And let's see Where the finals are happening In Sendai
0: Okay Is it a big arena in Sendai?
2: The I'm not sure how you put it Is it Zeebo Arena Sendai?
0: I'm not even like familiar
2: Yeah that's not a, a Building that Unless it's, that's, the building's changed names, um,
0: I'm not one of those guys that like knows all the arenas. Like I know some other fans are really big on that sort of thing. Um, Zebio Arena, Sendai. Uh, I don't even know much about this arena to be honest with you. So,
2: and the the semifinals will, will be there as well on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'm looking online. It is. It looks like a um, not too small. I mean, it's pretty big. It's uh, the Sendai 89ers, which is like a B-League Japanese professional basketball team, plays there. Um, although, I don't see any. Um, oh, the capacity is like around 4,000. I'm sure with uh, them opening up the floor, it's probably a little bit more. So, th- th- I mean, that's not the biggest venue for them. I- I'm hoping that Sendai doesn't have the state of emergency still. I know Tokyo does, mm. but uh, it's interesting, huh?
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Well, they're not trying to draw a big house with this, it doesn't seem like.
2: Yeah, I think just in the, we've seen them kind of get that 3,000 number, so huh. that's probably what they'll be going for.
0: Well, um, that is going to do it for our New Japan Cup Finals coverage for this week. Um, Let's talk about some of this other stuff. Uh, We got Road to Strong Style Evolved.
2: Yeah, so New Japan Strong continuing on the Road to Strong Style Evolved this past Friday. We had the Regal Twins uh, defeating Adrian Quest and Barrett Brown. And then we had two New Japan Cup USA qualifying matches. We had Hikaleo defeating jordan clairwater and then we had fred rosser defeating J.R. kratos
0: yeah i watched the show this morning it was fine um uh, some interesting things the regal twins came out um wearing the mask the same um ski masks that birdie king wore um and kind of like i don't know if they're starting to maybe tease the idea that birdie king might start his own faction
2: maybe yeah
0: um But what was funny was they came out with these muscle shirts, or no, like, these skin-tight shirts that, like, have you seen those shirts that people wear that makes it look like their whole body is tatted? Yeah. And you know how Brody King has a lot of tats? So they both, both Regal Twins came out with bodysuit tats, like, it looked like their whole upper, and like, you know, Kevin Kelly's putting over that it's a bodysuit, and you know, uh, Alex Kozlovs was like, I'm not so sure <laughs> <laughs> And so that was kind of funny the big story though is Barrett Brown last week threw a hissy fit tantrum because he's never won in this company And he feels like his job's on the line um, Just like a lot of people in America probably felt when the pandemic first <laughs> hit. Mm-hmm. Um, But in this match he came very close to winning Not the last second he kind of dropped the ball and so that's the story they're telling is that like, he can't get the job done, he can't close. And he feels very much so like his jobs in jeopardy, his spot in the company. And he might not be with new Japan that much longer. So we'll see where that goes. It looks like it's leading to some sort of heel turn for him. Um, Hikaleo defeated Jordan Clearwater, like you mentioned, nothing much here, but, uh, they're building up Hikaleo obviously in a big way and kind of establishing his mean streak. Uh, the only blemish he has on his record in this company is against Fred Rosser, who, remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Fred Rosser kind of cheated yeah, to beat him, so it was sort of like a fluke win. So anyways, Fred Rosser, JR Kratos, 14 minutes, 16 seconds. It's like one of the longer matches they've had in New Japan uh, Strong, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I I like JR Kratos a lot, and I think Fred Rosser's – kind of acclimating to the style quite a bit. So it was good. Um, Fred Rosser kind of got another shit win where like he shouldn't have beaten J.R. Kratos, but he still did. So it was surprising. Um, but then at the last second after he won the match, Hikaleo came out, was pissed because they're going to be up, you know, up probably up against each other in the first round of the New Japan Cup. Yeah. So and that it plays off the long term story of how
2: he Ross cheated. or cheetah beat him. So Right.
0: Yeah. And then him and him and Jared Kratos kinda took him out. So that's everything that happened there. Um not the most eventful uh episode, but uh Ross or Kratos, pretty good pretty good match. I mean, I, I'd recommend
2: it. Then this coming up Friday we have two more qualifying matches for New Japan Cup USA We have Brody King taking on Bateman and our man Narita taking on Mysterioso And there will also be a special singles match with the hatchet Jeff Cobb taking on Alex Coughlin That should be a fun one
0: uh, Yeah, Cobb Coglin sounds really great Um Brody King versus Bateman. I mean, all actually all all those matches sound pretty great.
2: Yeah, this is, sounds like it's gonna be a really solid episode here. I'm assuming.
0: Mm, what do you think's gonna happen? Brody King and uh Bateman, that's a tough one to call.
2: I would go Brody King. Um he seems but to be they, the
0: But they're kind of pushing Bateman.
2: Are they? I mean he lost in Arita. Just that one match. Yeah.
0: Well think of no make oh bro, think about it. It's qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. Run is definitely beating Mysterioso And he already beat Bateman It sets up an, another rematch
2: Between Bateman and Rita
0: And that was kind of like a surprise fluke win I'm pretty sure they're going to do Bateman and Rita If you want my opinion
2: They could do that I don't know I just feel like they they have a little more stock in Brody King right now
0: Do they? I mean, they haven't really done much with him
2: I just feel like he's, his win percentage has been pretty good
0: We'd have to ask Sam's. That's that Stat- man, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. I am. In, I am surprised though that Cobb and Coglin so far are not in the qualifying match, or at least Jeff Cobb isn't. Um, so who knows what's going on with that? Maybe he. Maybe,
2: maybe it's one of those things because he was in. The, he's in Japan. He wasn't in Japan. New Japan Cup. They didn't want him in the USA.
0: Possibly. Also, maybe on the next few episodes, he might be in some of the qualifying matches. I don't know.
2: Yeah, we'll see here. We had a question from Muzzle. He said. With who was already qualified and in qualified matches for the up-and-coming New Japan Strong Show, are you more excited for this New Japan Cup USA compared to last year?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, well, as far as who's already qualified, I mean, it's... Um,
2: Filthy Tom, yeah, Filthy Leo Tom. Rush. Yeah. Is there anybody else that qualified? Uh, just
0: um, Fred Rosser and, and Italy then, yeah, Leo. Yeah,
2: from this week, yeah.
0: I mean, and then uh, assuming Ren Rita and then either King or Bateman gets into it. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more excited for this one than last year's. Um, There were some big names in last year's. Obviously, Kenta, who was the winner. But, I mean, you look at the second side of the bracket, and, I mean, there was a lot of names that I wasn't, like, thrilled to see there. I mean, uh, uh, we sang Dave Finley's praises, but I, I wasn't, like, super jazzed to see him and Kenta in the finals. So, I feel like there's probably a smaller amount of, Potential in this year's lineup
2: Yeah, this looks like a fun tournament Especially with some of the newer guys that they've been able to bring in Over the past year, so I'm looking forward to it
0: Awesome, well let's uh, dive into the news here
2: Yeah, so big thing that we gotta talk about uh, This past Saturday at is,
1: it a, is it a big thing?
2: Well, look at all the questions <laughs> we got about it, man uh, Yeah, it's crazy Impact sacrifice, we have new Impact world tag team Champions, Finn Juice They have feeling the juice. stronger than defeat The Good Brothers, Luke Gallows, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson to become uh, your new Impact World Tag Team Champions. We had a lot of questions about this. Let's run through these. Uh, Ready, user Viking Pain says, What are the implications, if there are any, in Finjuice winning the Impact Tag Team titles? Will this lead to the Good Brothers coming back to New Japan sooner rather than later?
0: Finjuice are working there. They're one of the top teams in... um you know, in the world right now, based on the fact that they're, you know, they've won the new Japan, they've won the World Tag League, they've won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles before. They're a good tag team, and um, I think this is kind of just a stopgap between them winning and then eventually probably dropping the titles right back to the Good Brothers, so that the Good Brothers can have you know this big title match between themselves and uh, the Young Bucks eventually. So, um, I think that's. Pretty much all the implications there are for me um, So I th- I, th- I really think it's just an accolade And it probably draws some attention
2: Right, Honestly, I that. think it was done for Just kind of the wow factor Kind of right. the attention Like oh wow, you know Let's do Japan Team 1 Kind of get some buzz going Because obviously this was taped Obviously because Juice and Finley are in Japan And right. they're wearing their old gear Before they came With this new kind of the blue and gold You know, gesture gear that they're wearing now so clearly this was taped quite some time back.
0: I, I do think um the Good Brothers are coming to Japan at some point, no matter what. And we thought, I, I kind of believed this before any of this door stuff was going on because they talked about it so extensively on their podcast.
2: Right. And so I, I, I have a feeling that the title change is probably already taped as well. I have a feeling like on Impact, we'll see like a tag title rematch and then Good Brothers will get the belts like right back.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: next question here from WizFactor, he says, in light of Finji's winning the Impact title titles from the Good Brothers Can you provide some insight as to why A company like Impact would Hand their titles over to two different promotions Assuming Kenny Omega takes the Impact World title a month from now I'm aware that the wrestling business thrives on Exposure, but the recent booking decisions make The Forbidden Door look incredibly one-sided In New Japan and AEW's favor and the Impact roster looks Weak as a result what exactly is a pro-impact business case here?
0: I mean, I I can't really speak on the Kenny Omega world title story, and I I'm not going to speculate on that one because it's not really this isn't the show for that. Uh, at least for me, you can talk about it if you want to, uh, Jeremy, but I don't know what they're doing with that. As far as this though, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it any different from all the times that New Japan put their titles on the Dudley Boys, the Steiner brothers the Road Warriors, XYZ foreign talent team from WCW or whatever company, TNA. And then what always happened? Those, those same teams would drop the belt to whoever you were either trying to build or the team that they beat for the belts in the first place so that they could get the win back. And they would either pop a house, pop a rating, draw new fans and eyes to them. So like you mentioned, is it's about exposure. Um, I think it's too soon to say that it's incredibly one-sided when the story hasn't even played out. Now, granted, we've seen times where there have been invasions, UWFI against New Japan, where one company gets fucking buried. And oftentimes it is the smaller company. So maybe that is going to happen here. But... This really isn't an invasion. It's just kind of like I said. It's just a, a tag team angle. I really just think it's a, it's an accolade. It's a nice little, you know, stopgap trinket where, you know, these guys won the belts. That's cool. And then the next time they do a little pay per view, they'll probably drop them, and people will hypothetically want to see that match. And it's good for both companies because it raises the stock. Of fin juice And it also raises the stock of Impact as a company for having Elevated them having having had them On their platform And then you know drawn eyes To the good brothers or Motor Motor city machine Guns or Reno scum or whoever the fuck It is that beats them you know
2: right Yeah the name of the game is definitely exposure um, With impact Working with AEW and new japan on the New Japan side, we're seeing the, the Impact matches that feature Finju's being featured on New Japan World. It's a whole new set of eyes right there. Uh, with AEW, their Impact guys have been on you know, TNT every week since Kenny Omega's been on Impact. Their their ratings have been higher. They did a great buy rate for the pay-per-view that Kenny was on. Now they're building to this uh, champion versus champion. Uh, Kenny versus Rich Juan match, uh, winner takes all, which I'm assuming is going to do another good buy rate for them. So yes, you know, they are their tiles are kinda of going on non impact guys, but at the same time, more people are watching impact than have in a very long time. So they're they're getting more eyes on the product and the key is kinda of what you were saying is having the guys ready to be built up to eventually beat Finn Juice, whether it's the good brothers getting the tiles right back or you like it's more to the machine guns, and then with, with Kenny, it's like you, you build up your impact guy who's going to be the kind of like the, the savior, the face that could eventually beat Kenny and get the belt back. There's
0: also the wow factor anything can happen in the world wrestling entertainment, right, you know? Right. They used to do those title changes at house shows because you never know. Um, and that's what it was here. A lot of people didn't think that this was going to happen, and now it's like, well, you never know what's going to happen on an impact. St- special or pay-per-view or television show. So, you know, who's to say that the next time you tune you tune in, who's going to show up, who's going to leave, who's going to win a title, who's going to, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe the next time they wrestle, they drop the belts to the to the machine guns, but then suddenly, oh my god, what are the young bucks doing in the impact zone?
1: <laughs> right, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, you never know. Also, I mean For New Japan fans, you got Jay White name-dropping the fact that Juice and Finley won the Impact titles. He he put that in his post-match promo. Every post-match comment, you've got uh, Juice just plugging Impact.
2: It was hilarious. The last one he did, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Go to Google, type in Impact Plus, type in your yeah. little credit card. He's like, oh, wait, I need to be in Nashville. I have a plane to catch. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, th- that's what they're doing. Is they're, It's cross-promotion for both companies. And, I mean, it, 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 it is a two-way street. It's not like Impact is only pushing New Japan, and New Japan is ignoring this shit like it never happened. Right. They've got a few, and it it's not over-pushed on either side. It's just it's synergy. You know, each group is kind of acknowledging one another. They're working together. It's cool, you know.
2: Uh, Next question from EMJ does PR. It says, Finjuice are the Impact Tag Champs and be setting up a rematch versus Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Gallows at one of these big shows. Two questions. If they get a dome match, is this going to help rehab Finjuice in Japan? And are the Impact Tag Team Champions getting a higher billing than the IWGP Tag Team Championships? And if so, WTF?
0: Who are the uh, who are the IWGP tag team champions?
2: Uh G O D. Oh yeah. But I think he's I think he's specifically asking about the the championships and stuff like the hole in those titles. Is that is that higher than the IWGP? No,
0: he's asking because we got those two dome shows coming up, the two mm-hmm. stadium shows. Mm-hmm. Are we going are we going to be getting a match with the IWGP titles on one of those shows? Like with You know, with uh, Guns and Gallows. Mm. And then he asked, are they going to get a higher billing on those shows than the IWGB tag team titles? And if so, what the fuck? Um, Yeah, it was written a little bit weird. Um, MJ does PR step it up uh, with the diction. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, I don't think we're going to be getting Guns and Gallows over here because they seem to be working AEW. A lot, yeah. A lot, and they seem to be pretty integral to what they're doing, but who knows? I mean, they don't even work for that company, so uh, I guess they could take a month off and come to Japan, but I don't see that happening. Well, no, with state of emergency, it's going to be really hard. Probably not. Yeah. If if you want my guess, probably not. I, I doubt it. I doubt we see the Impact Tag Team titles in New Japan at all. Because like you mentioned, they probably already taped.
2: <laughs> like a title change, <laughs> yeah. They probably
0: taped the title change. These guys these guys, probably held those belts once when they won them on tape and then once when they dropped them, and then that's, that's about that, you know?
2: Yeah. Do you think Finjuice needs rehabbing in Japan?
0: Rehabbing? Yeah. Um... I, I think they're doing a good job rehabbing Dave Finley, and I think Juice is like we mentioned; he's uh, made some positive strides recently. I would like to see more in, in as far as that goes. But as far as the, the team goes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never been, I've never really seen the team as anything special personally.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not this kind of blowaway tag team, but uh. they
0: always during World Tag League go out there and have some of the best matches of any team. Uh, I, like, bar none. But as far as, and like, I guess they're a cool unit, you know? But, I mean, I'm not like, oh, the legendary team, Finjuice. Right. <laughs> you know, when I think of the great Gaijin-Purezu tag teams, I mean, Steiners, LOD. Finjuice. <laughs> Big, bad, and dangerous, Finjuice. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, next question here from DomHoney101. What does Finn Juice winning the Impact Tag Team Championships mean for the relationship of Impact and New Japan? Does it mean that we may see more of a relationship between both companies? Could we see Impact guys on stadium and dome shows in May?
0: May, I mean, who knows? I already said no to that, but maybe, because I don't run the company. I don't know what the fuck's going on, and, you know, maybe they will. Uh, maybe that's maybe that will be the big return of Guns and Gallows. But, right. you know, I don't see that as being a draw. I don't Come think. Come on. Come on, do you see, like, do you think it's limited capacity and in a limited capacity crowd, do you see, like, I don't know, an extra 150, 200 people, like, even being like, oh, shit. (laughs) Luke Gallows (laughs) (laughs) is coming back to challenge for the impact world tag. Dude, no one in Japan fucking watch. No one in America hardly (laughs) watches impact (laughs) so nobody in japan fucking knows what who they're marketing to when they do this they're marketing to the u.s fans who watch new japan right they are not marketing to the japanese audience the people that actually live in tokyo they don't give a fuck about what's an impact like come on dude yeah (laughs) i mean yeah i guess there's a history of guns and gallows but like I never even thought of them as, be, like, they were part of the bull Club, and that was cool. But, I mean, it's tag team division. The tag team division doesn't mean shit in New Japan. I mean, they're not going to draw,
2: you know? Right. I mean, it could bring some, we, we could see some other impact guys peppered in somewhere.
0: That's all it would be, though. It would just be peppering.
2: Yeah. Uh, last question on this topic. Oh,
0: as, as far as for the relationship, I mean, I guess this helps, like, I don't really think this is about a relationship. What I think it is about is... The same way how... I mean, I guess you could ask the same question to... Like, let's say if we were talking to an AEW podcast, how does the way they're using Guns and Gallows impact that relationship? Uh, I guess it affects it positively. Yeah. But is that really what the point is? No. It's really about how those talents are being used in that company. And I think that's what this is. How are Juice being used in impact? And I think that's the whole long and short of it. I think a lot of times the New Japan fans were all um, so fixated on... The 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 strings of connections between all these companies. You know, have you ever seen that picture of Charlie Day from
2: where he's like, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> where he's like freaking out? Like, and I feel like that's what New Japan fans are. They're like, they're like this group's with this group, this group, but they got ties over here. You know, and I'm like, no, it's bro, it's it's probably a one-one transaction. Just like Kenta John Moxley was a one-one transaction. The transaction here is they're using those guys. Those guys are gonna do a job later and Then they're gonna come home That's about it
2: Right uh, Next question here from Ricky he Says do you think we will see Finjuice defending the Impact titles In New Japan
0: I, I hope they do And I hope they drop them <laughs> 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 How fucking funny would it be If like What would be like The worst case scenario for Impact Like what's the Who would be the worst team In New Japan That could win those Impact titles That you'd be like Fuck
2: uh, Yujiro and Tenkoji. <laughs> not <and> be <Navi laughs> raw.
0: <laughs> Tenkoji wins that shit.
2: <laughs> Tenkoji versus Machine Gun? Sign me up for that.
0: Oh, you want us to go to Nashville? <laughs> nah, fuck that. We're not going. We'll mail you the belts back.
2: Oh, man. Uh, so. And other man, n- so
0: many questions about, bro. I didn't give a fuck about this. I mean, I guess <laughs> the way I answer the questions, I don't know. I hate to be that buzzkill. A lot of questions. People
2: are people are excited about this, man. Hey, that's
0: the point of something like this. It's to get people excited. And guess what? Evidently, it, it worked. worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, for uh, some people, not for me. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the match though. I haven't watched it yet. I I will watch it. Well,
2: we'll see how those uh, Impact Plus and uh, Access numbers do in the coming weeks. Uh, but speaking of TV, uh, the Roku channel, as you know, every Thursday night has uh, been airing new footage of NJPW archives. Uh, first time airing on international TV for several matches here. This coming up week, they are airing Hiromu Takahashi versus Ryo Lee and Rapungi 3K versus Zukigoon from New Beginning in Osaka from last year. Uh, if you're digging the Roku channel, I mean, why not rewatch Romu and Ryuli? So, check that out. Uh, free match of the week is Sonata versus Okada from the New Japan Cup 2019 finals. Minoru Suzuki is doing a online meet and greet on March 23rd as a part of the Token Shop Global. And we had a question here from Viking Pain. Minoru Suzuki is having an online meet and greet on March 23rd at Token Shop. Are you guys planning to attend? What questions would you like to ask him? And will you. Use some of these Biden bucks on autographs as goon merch.
0: What? Who asked that? Viking pain. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I'm not going to. Listen, I, I don't go to. I don't I don't mean to be a big leaguer. I don't go to meet and greets ever. Um, the only there is one person I'd go to a meet and greet for. Could you guess who I'd go for? A,
2: to Tanahashi. A meet? It's
0: pretty much just Tanahashi. I, I wouldn't go to a meet and greet for like anybody else though well, like I couldn't think of anybody
2: I met Suzuki in person <laughs> right in, we've met Suzuki in New Orleans 2018 I got a picture of him and the now-defunct Intercontinental title
0: did we not interview Suzuki in Dallas was he not in that g1
2: no he wasn't
0: okay was he not there though no okay
2: I don't think he was I'm pretty sure he wasn't if he was he definitely wasn't in the media room mm. uh, I mean I don't really understand I don't. I
0: think Jeremy, you're more tech savvy than me, so I'm not sure how uh, how they would even do like an online meet and greet. I guess it would just basically be like a personalized Zoom.
2: I believe he's doing um, YouTube, a live YouTube, and he's gonna he'll be taking like uh, questions.
0: So it's not even like he sees you, and you get to personally speak or interact with him or anything.
2: Well, let me. cause
0: I feel like if you want to do the whole meet and greet experience, they should see the fans who are talking to him and ask, Hey, I'm not trying to bury this. I think this is great for the fans. I think it's really cool. Um, I love Minoru Suzuki, but like, I just, um, I, I, I wouldn't pay. Do you have to pay money for this?
2: Um, let's see. I you guess could- that's some the
0: stuff I'm like, I guess that's what I don't even know if, if it was free, I might watch it.
2: I think it, it's free, uh, but there, there will be merch you can buy. So it's a live YouTube. He's going live on YouTube. he will be answering your questions and autographing exclusives as you can get in goods.
0: That's one thing. I would never pay to for any exclusive goods for any reason. I, I've got important things I'm trying to do in my life. I mean, you guys heard about the lawsuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, so you, you can ask them questions, and then get a chance to grab the exclusive signed merchandise. Um, there will be an autograph 2021 Shirt autograph nor Suzuki original bath towel autographed union flag style bath towel
0: bro in, in in the finance world. Those are what we call commodities and they're just not gonna Appreciate at the kind of rate that i'm hoping for long term To to make my nut back like I just I don't know that seems like a bad investment to me <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, so you can purchase goods during the live event uh these goods will be limited in quantity and will be discounted when sold
0: out. There are people that really like merch, though. And if you really like merch or you really like Suzuki-Gun or you love Minoru Suzuki... I mean, we've, I've met Suzuki, like, two or three times now in real I I have met him. I met him once in New Orleans. I met him in New York. Twice in New York. So, I mean, like, I've met Suzuki in real life.
2: Yeah, so... I probably will not be uh, tuning in for the meet and greet. But, I mean, if you're a big Suzuki-gun, Mark, this is your chance to get some exclusive merch. So. Right,
0: I'm going to read something on the uh, – I I just saw this on my phone. It's just fucking funny. So someone posted um, – T3 Delicious posted – this is unrelated to anything we're doing. This okay. is just in the um, – what's it called? In Reddit. They said, with the fourth incarnation of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, what if New Japan keeps the video introduction – and adds all the champions of previous incarnations, and while we're at it, include all the icy championships as well. That would mean including Hogan, Suzuki, Jericho, Goto, Angle, Lasombra, and then someone else. This guy goes Autobot RT. Goes nope, just photos of Ibushi, baby photos, <laughs> kid photos, <laughs> teen photos, adult photos, <laughs> old photos. Just a bushy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. That fucking popped me. Oh, I hope that's what they do. I hope the whole like roll call of champions, champions roll call, whatever, is just,
2: just, just a bushy. Just
0: like a bushy with, like, I think I made this joke before, but like it's just him with like fucking Roman candles on, it, like just. Right, right. that's I what chest. I was saying. Like
2: clips of like all D T. Like him
0: and Kenny making out. Ah, freaking
2: yeah. uh, the that movie that we have over there, the Kaiju the, the, Yeah, the kaiju movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Him just like giving a German suplex to a giant like fucking dinosaur. Yeah, shit like that.
2: <laughs> oh man, all right. We have a few um, random questions here that we'll cap off with, and then get to recommend a match of the week. Uh Viking Pain, he asks, It feels to me that Chinsuke Nakamura isn't looked at at the same stature as Hoshi Tanahashi, at least not anymore. Tanahashi to a lot of wrestling fans is a bona fide legend, while Nakamura isn't. Is it all because of his WWE run? And what matches besides legendary bouts of Ibushi and AJ would you recommend to remind the world how good he is? Mine would be Okada Nakamura G one twenty five.
0: Oh wow. Um I don't know. I-, I guess I'm getting tired. I had trouble following you. So Nakamura is not seen in the same light as Tanahashi anymore.
2: That's what he's saying. People, he thinks that people are not seeing Nakamura on the same level as Tanahashi.
0: Um, that might have always been the case. <laughs> 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 to, to be honest, I mean, they're 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 each other's great generational rivals. Um, and I mean, their both of their careers were defined fighting one another. And I mean. You know they're they're the John Cena and Randy Orton of their New Japan generation, right? Um, and I I mean I think the thing is with Nakamura he left and he did some other bullshit and that's more recent in the minds of people, so that's the way that people see him. You know, um, right? I think the
2: WWE run is definitely has a bad taste in people's mouth, and as when you think of Nakamura, that's what, unfortunately, that's what you think about right now. It's yes. like.
0: But I think this is generalized. I mean, I mean, how do we? I don't know that everybody feels this way or doesn't see him on the same like uh, level as Tanahashi or anything like that. I mean, it definitely doesn't invalidate his um, legacy. Although I, I I understand that's not the argument he's making. What he's making is how do people view him modern day? You know, so. But, I mean, yeah, as far as, like, legendary bouts of his, I mean, we've done deep dives on...
2: We did a Nakamura episode um, yeah. last year during the uh, off-season of New Japan.
0: I mean, bro, his work with Goto, his work with Shibata, his work with Tanahashi... The his Sombra with,
2: matches.
0: Sombra matches, his matches with Okada. Um, I mean, you said not his match with Bushi, the legendary one, but he had other matches with Bushi that were incredible... Mm-hmm. Um I
2: mean his I mean the Foley match that we watched. Yeah, the
0: fucking fo- Bro, the the matches with um Makabe are really good. The Suzuki matches, I mean, everything everything he did was fucking awesome.
2: Yeah. It's hard to find a bad Nakamura match in New Japan. Uh, his
0: matches with um Yoshihiro Takiyama, his match with Engel, all that shit's gold.
2: Yeah. Uh, next question here from King DW five ten. Do you guys think New Japan should ever switch up the G one format a bit? Maybe instead of two blocks of ten, have four blocks of five, and the mm. four block winners go into a single elimination tournament to maybe make it less predictable. Maybe even test something like this out on Strong. And I know, young boy, you you perked uh. up because this has <laughs> been a theory. Or Bro, I've been
0: saying this for so many years. Yeah. This is. Uh, uh, King DW five ten. I don't know if you've been listening to the show for, or how long you've been listening to the show, but like this is something every year at the G one I've said. I, I actually kind of gave up on it last year because it didn't make sense in the pandemic, but pre pandemic, every year I was like, why the fuck are we still doing two blocks? Why why are we not doing? But he he said two blocks of five.
2: He said uh, instead of, four two, of instead five. of two blocks of ten, have four blocks of five.
0: no nah, fuck that. We need to go with my idea, which is superior to yours dw 510 four blocks of six, bitch. <laughs> Let's get 24 people up in this, bitch. Yeah, I've always wanted to do four blocks of six so that you can get those extra four bodies in. Mm. But then you get more shows, so you increase revenue. You get more varied matches. You get to protect matches, which is something that... Um, It's a give and take because I mean the great thing about g1 right now is like you're getting most of The big single matches that you could possibly get all happening at the same time But like after a few years you run out of combinations, right? You do this and Not only do you get to protect matches, but also like you get to prolong the time between matches so you know, um, I think and then also if you do two four blocks um there's the possibility that the guys have to work less hard because, I mean,
2: there'll you know, be more time off from their their previous be. matches.
0: It depends on how you'd schedule it, But right. Theoretically, that's the possibility.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll be down for that. I think it'd be cool way to include some more people, like you mentioned, and you know, change some things up a little bit. You could also just do like, um, three matches
0: and three matches. So maybe
2: you do A and B one Maybe night. A
0: and B are running all this. But then again, then you're kind of just doing the same shit, right? It's very similar to, but yeah, maybe A and B are running and then, the, and then the next night C and D are running. Right. And then, and then you just alternate and then there's no undercard. You're just getting tournament matches, tournament matches, singles matches, bop, 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 bop. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be raw. But no one listens to me. And King DW510, <laughs> you're a wise man.
2: <laughs> uh, last set of questions here from Dom Honey 10. Dom Homie 101. Uh, first non-New Japan question. He said thoughts on WWE trying to run WrestleMania at 75% capacity in Tampa. Also, thoughts on Apollo Cruz's new gimmick.
0: I haven't really seen Apollo new- Cruz's new gimmick, but I love it. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I heard like what? He's basically doing like a militarized Samba Simba.
2: Pretty much, yeah He's like, you know Fuck yeah Nationalist, Nigerian Us <laughs> <laughs> he, has, he has the accent now He has a spear
0: um, I'm down with it I mean, I don't know I, I've heard it's problematic And I've heard other people that did did or didn't like it I don't know
2: I mean, the thing is like, I just, I just don't really care about WWE I like Apollo Crews I think he's a, a great wrestler And I would love for him to be in an environment Where he can thrive But At this point, like he's been there so long, and like, I don't, I just really don't care.
0: Listen, man, I mean, yeah, we're pretty like detached from WWE, but like the one thing that's always kind of kept me connected is that fucking network. And now that that shit's like, dude, I can't fucking log in and watch a Boston Garden show from '85 in classics. If I can't do that, I have no reason to watch this product. Like, none. Like, if I can't go in there and watch Jake Roberts and Ricky Steamboat from 86, or if I can't go in there and watch Bulldog and Bret Hart 92, why? then what's the point? You know, what is the
2: point? Well, hopefully the, the execs like Peacock keep their word, and by August, the full archive will be back up.
0: Man, fuck that. <laughs> um, as far as 75% capacity, <laughs> um, Dude, there's not going to be a travel... There, there's not going to be a, a, a travel group, like, hardly at all. Hardly at all. They were supposed to put tickets on sale today, and guess what? Those tickets don't go... They didn't go on sale. Right,
2: they pulled. They postponed it. And um,
0: the word on the street, our inside sources say, because there's there no interest, and they're worried about it, and they're trying to figure out... They're trying to buy themselves some time to garner up some uh some interest. Here's the thing. They've run so many years where all they had to do, well I mean, okay. For instance, WrestleMania, what was it, 32? Is that the one that ran in
2: Texas? Texas. Yeah.
0: Okay. Would anyone like be like Triple H and Roman Reigns drew a hundred thousand or whatever the kayfabe number, hundred thousand people? No. WrestleMania did because it's a brand and it just fucking sells out because it's just WrestleMania. But it's a traveling crowd. You think there was 100,000 people in uh,
2: Texas just in Dallas weighing, that were yeah. just
0: like, you know, they got to see Triple H and Stephanie make that grand entrance? Like, no, they don't give a fuck. You think there's 45,000 people in Tampa, Florida or in Jacksonville or Orlando that want to see this shit? Like, no, bro. Like, it's not the Super Bowl. This shit's not happening. Um even if they got the approval to do this, which I don't think they're going to, or even if they they might, who knows? I don't know, man. I don't. I think they're going to do bad numbers. I think they're fucked.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. I know this. It, this, this isn't
0: just like anti WWE rhetoric. I'm looking at I'm looking at the tea leaves. Like I don't think they're going to do so hot.
2: I know, I know this week they're starting to try and pump matches out. They announced uh, Drew and Lashley for the WWE title and. Well, it's well,
0: because they need a card, right? Because because the event itself, the the brand and the name WrestleMania can't draw alone like it normally does, right? And um, I, I think it's I think it's poetic because right now, ninety nine percent of what they do doesn't matter. They're just a content creator. The ratings don't matter. <laughs> like nothing really, right? Like they they got these contracts in place. They're gonna make their money regardless. But the one thing that's going to be an embarrassment is if they try to run Raymond James Stadium
2: two nights
0: and they got like 8000 people in there. Yeah. If that, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll also, see. all
0: these indies are going to fucking take a,
2: a big hit. Yeah. yeah.
0: All, there's so many indies running WrestleMania weekend. They think they're going to make their nuts It's not happening. <laughs>
2: All right, and then he has uh, three different fight questions here for you. So, first, with the passing of boxing great Marvelous Marvin Hagler, what are the young boy's thoughts on the boxing career of that man that they called Marvelous? What was his legacy, and where does he, where does he rank among all, the all-time greats?
0: Yeah, man, uh, Marvin Hagler, one of my all-time favorite fighters. I love Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Um I'm not sure whether he beat Chagray Leonard. Uh, it's tough to say, um, but I, I I really enjoy him. I mean, obviously, everyone is you know probably remembers him most for the war, the match with him and Thomas Hearns. I think he went three rounds. Um, probably the most barbaric fight ever in the history of combat sports. Period. Um, but you know, Marvel's Marvin Hagler, man. I mean, I would have to say he's probably the Greatest middleweight fighter of modern times. Um, I guess the other name you could throw out there is Bernard Hopkins, but I mean, for my money, I take Marvin, I take Marvin Hagler over him. Um, there's other names out there. You know, you got your Bob Fitzsimmons, your Harry Grebs, and your Carlos Monzans, but I'm not as familiar with all of them. I've seen Carlos Monsons, but, I, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch those guys, you know. I didn't get to watch Harry Greb in the 1800s, <laughs> you know, have 300 fights and be the greatest middleweight of all time. So, for me, it's Marvin Hagler. Um, I, I think he's one of the absolute greatest. I mean, he's a top 20, top 30 pound-for-pound fighter ever, and he dominated his division for 10 years straight. And I mean, when you look at the, the illustrious list of great middleweights, I mean, there's not very many names you could put ahead of him from a legacy standpoint, and there's not a lot of guys that would beat him in his prime head to head. So yeah, Marvin Hagler is that fucking dude. So um, I was sad to hear he died. Um, I was glad that he got out of the game when he did. He went over to fucking Italy, made movies, lived lived a rich life. So that was awesome.
2: He also asked for your thoughts on UFC 259 and what is next for the fighters that took part in that event.
0: Oh, one last thing. Marvin Hagler against um, John Matumbo. I always forget the name. Um, I'm pretty sure it's John the Animal Matumbo. Let me look. What was the next question?
2: <laughs> uh, thoughts on UFC 259 and what is next for the fighters that took part in that event?
0: Oh, um, UFC 259. That was the most recent uh, fight with Adesanya and all them. Right. I was out and about um, that evening. Normal Under any other nor- normal circumstances, that would be like a, a must-see, can't-miss show for me, I actually didn't watch it, it was my girlfriend's birthday, so, um, I was unable to watch the fights, um, I'm gonna catch up on them here shortly, I mean, the New Japan Cup's (laughs) been going on, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, Adesanya lost, I don't know what's next for him, it looks like they're trying to set up a fight with him and Darren Till, maybe they're gonna do him and Robert Whitaker. um, one thing we didn't mention, um, Peter Yan fucking blasted oh, did
2: a, a He did
0: a fucking Kamagoye illegally and lost his belt. <laughs> um, and then as far as Amanda Nunez goes, I mean, she's the, she's the goat when it comes to women's fighting. Um, I still think that there's quite a few girls that could school her standing, but they, there's no one who has a complete enough game to beat her. Um, I don't know. I guess they could do her and Shevchenko. Again but uh, Shevchenko Hasn't been able to beat her the first two times so I don't know
2: Yeah, Uh, And this last question is With it being the 50th anniversary Of the first Ali vs. Frazier fight Were the Young Boys thoughts on The fight and the legacy of the fight Thoughts on the Ali vs. Frazier Trilogy
0: Uh, Yeah I mean probably The greatest heavyweight Trilogy in the history of Boxing Um, I mean Uh, even if you had like an argument, um, Oh, not Mugumbo, John Mugabe. Yes. John Mugabe, who his nickname was, I think it was the animal. I forget. Uh, anyways, John Mugabe against Marvin Hagler is one of my favorite fights of all time from 1986. Um, Mugabe was like a fucking killer and he was undefeated. Um, when they fought and yeah, uh, a lot of people pretty much had like counted out, um, Marvin Hagler entirely. And Marvin Hagler went in there and like went to fucking war with him. This was Marvin Hagler's last fight before he fought and lost to Leonard and then retired, um, from Las Vegas. So if you've never caught this fight, uh, you need to see Marvin Hagler against John Mugabe. It's just, it's one of the most brutal fights of all time. Uh, Anyways, 50th 50th anniversary, Ollie Frazier. I mean, it's, it's literally what changed boxing. It brought boxing from like the, you know, Pat Patterson's and, or I'm sorry, Floyd Patterson's and Sonny Liston's era. And it kind of brought it into the modern um, fight game. That's when we kind of saw the golden era of heavyweight boxing. Um, Ollie Frazier, it's the most storied rivalry. Uh, All three of their fights are great. The first, the first one, you know, was the richest prize in boxing up to that point. No, no two fighters had ever won, earned as much as them. And there'd never been as many people that ever viewed a fight in the world up to that point. And I mean, it's kind of hard to track those records pre pay-per-view, you know. um, And, you know, it meant the most because it was the first time that two undefeated world champions at heavyweight fought one another and nobody kind of knew what was going to happen. And it's you know, the thing that, that like sort of made both guys careers and it's, it's hard to, it, it's hard to kind of like, um, state just how important that fight was. But then, you know, obviously the, the, the other big fight everyone talks about is the throw Manila and the throw Manila is the greatest fight in boxing period. Um, period. I mean, both guys almost died in Zaire that night. Um, or is that, is that yours in Africa? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Where were they in Manila? They're in the Philippines. I don't know. I I'm bad with geography. But um Ali Frazier, I mean that yeah, that fight is fucking insane. Plus like a lot of people want to know Frazier was like blind at that point in his career when he fought Ollie <laughs> in that third fight and so he was like fighting with contacts in. Um but yeah, I mean it, it, it's 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 the two it's two of the all-time greatest heavyweights that made one another just killing each other and yeah it's it's the greatest and if you've never seen any of their fights I mean you need to see them Ollie the perfect slickster <laughs> dancer and then you got this dirty boxer this this guy who's willing to take six punches just to, to rattle like two or three of his own, Um, you know, it's it, it's essentially it's Kenny Omega and Tomohiro Ishii. If you've never seen, <laughs> it. literally, like it's it's fucking incredible. So, if you've never seen any of the Ollie Frazier fights, I would recommend the the entire trilogy. And um, yeah, th- those those fights. Were cultural fights they were cultural Events that changed the world So I mean like major sporting Events that like still live we're talking About it 50 years later so
2: yeah So real quick before we head out of Here the recommended match Of the week so last week I recommended uh, Goto versus Sanahashi From New Japan Cup 2012 uh, The finals uh, Real quick Josh what were your thoughts on that matchup
0: uh, Really enjoyed this match um, I've I, was looking back at the records. And I think last week I talked about one of their matches that I loved. And it was actually the Dominion match from 2011. Um, That's the best match Goto and Tanahashi have ever had. But it makes sense because Tanahashi retained the IWGP title at Dominion the previous year. And already at this point, him and Goto had had a storied rivalry and going into this match, Tanahashi had dropped the title to Okada already and so a lot of people were anticipating that Tanahashi would win the cup, come back and challenge for his title, get his title back from that punk kid Okada. Didn't work out that way. Um, they were in Corkin and this crowd was hot, really hot for this match. And I think part of it was so many people love Tanahashi and want to see him rise to the occasion like he always does. But then another part of the crowd wanted to see this underdog Goto finally beat Tanahashi and win the big one. And, um, Tanahashi threw everything at Goto. Goto outlasted every one of them. There's one exchange in the fight that I love towards the end where they are just hammering each other with, uh, elbows. It's, it's one of the more memorable striking exchanges and it ends with, uh, Goto hitting him with with a big lariat. Some really good legwork from Tanahashi. One thing I didn't like about the match, a couple things, um, Goto did some really great leg selling and showing heart early on in the match. And then towards the end, he kind of just abandons it and forgets it all entirely. (laughs) And at the tail end of the match, Goto seems so it's not that long of a match. It's like under 25 minutes. Goto seems so blown up. He starts botching some of his finishing sequence moves, but overall the crowd was still so invested in seeing Goto beat Tanahashi. It still felt like a really memorable moment when he finally beat him with I forget what his old finisher.
2: Shouts in Kai. Yeah, the Shouts and
0: Kai. Uh, he beats him with the Shouts Kai. Kai. Um, big moment. You know, Goto kind of is Mr. New Japan Cup because he's won it more times than anybody else. And um, yeah, he rode high. And then uh, he went on to beat Okada and become IWGP champion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't work out that way. In an alternate universe, yeah. Uh, so. I, I
0: would go, I'd probably, I don't know. I'd probably go four and a quarter on this.
2: Yeah, about sounds about right. Uh, so what is your recommendation for this week?
0: So the other week, uh, someone asked us a question regarding NOAA versus New Japan matches. I was thinking about the time of the year, you know, we're in March. And I remembered there was a match that exists that's really great that I didn't mention the other week when I asked that, when I answered that question. I think it was Muzza who actually asked the yeah. question. March 5th, 2010. The anniversary show, it is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship as the champion Koji Kenemoto, my man, defends the title against Mmm. This is a this is why we do the recommended match of the week because this match fucking bangs. It bangs hard, and no one like very few people have seen it. Um, it is available. It's not on New Japan World. But it's available on YouTube. If you just type in "Marafuji versus Kenamoto, it will pop up. I've sent the link to you in in uh, our yeah, show and notes, and I'll,
2: I'll I'll tweet it out also.
0: Yeah, you guys got to see this. It it's fucking crazy. Listen, listen, it's fucking <laughs>
1: crazy.
0: <laughs> if you like Ishii Shibata and Shingo and shit like that, and you like guys fucking hitting each other hard and doing wild shit. Marafuji versus Kanemoto is fucking crazy.
2: That's nice. Well, I'm looking forward to checking out. Love Marifuji. Also love uh, Koji Kanemoto. So that should be a fun match to check out this week. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode of Keeping It Strong Style. Next week, we'll be back to review the conclusion of the New Japan Cup. We will have a, a special guest joining us to uh, break down the semifinals and finals. Mavs Gillis is coming on the show. Yeah. Um, so that should be a fun episode next week. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com/donate. Click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you're connecting with us on social media on Twitter. The show is at ki strong style. I am at Jeremy L Donovan. The network is at social suplex on Facebook. We are facebookcom suplex. on the, the Facebook group. We're facebook.com/group/slash wrestling squared circle. On Instagram, we are at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. You can email me, jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Join our Discord server, Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check out all the other shows here on Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Radio. It's by Rich Lada and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland. We have the Grave Consequences with Caleb and Maserati. We have the 8-Bit Suplex with Josh number two and Sandy. We have all things elite with Floyd in Austin and great match generator with Danny. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on keeping it strong style. The ace of podcasts. Evil sucks.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to keeping it strong style. We'll see you next time.